0: Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And I had the pleasure, and I specify pleasure on this, of having two wonderful people in the studio tonight uh, by the names of Tom and Tim Kliss. I can't express the fun that I had tonight with these guys. It was I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and I didn't know how it was going to go. And I'm happy I did it. Uh, I think we all were at the end of this conversation. Uh, Amber actually spoke at the Michigan Treasure Hunters monthly meeting a couple months ago uh, about the paranormal and stuff like that. The Michigan Treasure Hunters are a group of their metal detectors. That's what they do. And Tom was the ex-president of this group. Uh, And Amber mentioned to me that it may be kind of cool to have a conversation with him on the show here so i invited him out and he brought his son tim along also which sent us off into another direction i never expected us to tonight so we talked about a ton of really interesting stuff about metal detecting about collecting and about kiss enjoy the show As I'm talking right now, I was planning on interviewing someone else tonight for the show. Because we just kind of do, as you guys know out there, we just kind of record these whenever. We, we try to be, be somewhat consistent, but most of the time we just kind of record around and put our shows out when we can. And I had the inter- an interview with another gentleman tonight, and I was preparing for that while I was eating for <laughs> <laughs> the show. And uh, I heard a knock on, well, the doorbell rang, right? right? nobody comes to my house. The only time I hear the doorbell here, here, it's usually Amazon, and it's a package for Amber or something. Uh, Uh, So I'm like, who could that possibly be? So I was expecting another package for Amber when I opened the front door. And I opened the front door, and there's these two gentlemen on my my porch. And I'm like, who the
1: heck are you guys?
0: And Tom, who's sitting here, says, it's it's Tim and Tom. Remember, we we booked this discussion. And I'm like, uh, 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 and I mean, I literally, I was misfiring. I'm like, (laughs) what in the hell is going on here? And well, come on inside, you know, <laughs> you, well, I, I'm literally, I was short circuiting for a second because I'm like, I don't know who the hell you people are, <laughs> right? <laughs> What's going on here? And you're like, no, well, from, from the treasure hunters club, right? I'm like, Oh, oh okay. Wait, that was first. So long story short, we had a scheduling thing, whatever happens. It's all good. Um, so here we are. And I said, well, I'm not going to make you guys drive all the way back home. I'll just work the other thing out with, with the other guy we're going to have on, no problem. And you guys can just come down here and we'll have a good old time. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad it worked out. I I have this weird thing. And somebody actually said this to me the other day. They're like, oh, you're just placating yourself by saying these things. But I say I think everything, strange stuff that happens like this, uh, it happens for a reason. Right? It totally happens for a reason, Right. Uh, and there's a lot of ways you could dissect that and try to understand that. But that's why I'm like, I didn't – get the hell out of here.
2: <laughs> no, okay. Thank God.
0: You're here. Let's do a – let, let's do this thing. It'll be right. totally cool. We'll work it out. It's no problem. We're not on any, any schedules here. So now mind you, on that, I have had no time to prepare for this thing, <laughs> which is – Right. Which is – that's okay, though, because I think – just for a minute or two, a conversation we had before where I kicked on the record button here, uh, I'm super excited about this thing, right? Okay. So um, I guess what I want, because I'm going to have to work with you guys a little bit more on this. Usually I'm a little bit more prepared, but I want Tom, you're here, right? Tim, you're here. The main reason was we wanted to have you come by, Tom. right? And why why are you here? I mean, what what group are you a part of? That and this is, I mean, I try not to lead you in too hard, but sure. I'm, but please, I want to know about what you guys do.
2: Okay, I'm the past president of the Michigan Treasure Hunters, which is a club based in Livonia, Michigan. Yeah, and we were founded about 1974, so we've been around a long time. We're the largest club. Of metal detectorists, as we call ourselves, mm-hmm. in the state of Michigan, and probably one of the third largest in the entire United States. And there are clubs in every state of the union. And uh, we do it as a hobby. Uh, it's friendship, yeah, uh, excitement of the find, hunting. Mm-hmm. It's like fishing. We call it, some people call it dirt fishing. You never know what you <laughs> really. It's perfect analogy. Uh, yeah. You never know what you're going to find when you get a beep on your machine. You're down on one knee. Yeah, you're digging a hole. Yeah, it could be a bottle cap. Mm-hmm. It could be a diamond ring. Yeah. It could be a Civil War bullet, depending where you're located. Yeah. And uh, so it's the the excitement. And I think when I was a little kid, if someone had told me, Tom, you know, here's a machine. You can go find money with this. I would have freaked out. I would have just said, that's the best thing in the whole world. Yeah. yeah. So I guess there's still a little kid inside of me that has that enjoyment. And then we've learned all, met all kinds of very, very interesting people Um, the hobby has morphed into both what we call land hunting, which is hunting on the dirt and water hunting. And we do both. And I'm tending to do more of the water hunting now than the land hunting because one's knees start to give out after 30 years of up and down.
0: Well, the swim too, like you said, water hunting.
2: Well, no, water is different because you're buoyed, you know, you're only about 50% of your weight. Okay. And uh, you're light in the water, so you can go all day long in the water. And we have a long shovel, so when we get a okay. beep underwater. All right, yeah. Yeah, we don't have to dive. So I was saying, I'm like, how? Yeah, yeah. A long shovel, uh, bring work? it up, you're rattling it, shaking it. Yeah. And if I don't always feel like one of the 49ers with a pan of gold, yeah, yeah. and you're shaking it, and the rocks are falling out, yeah. and then bam, there it sits, a big gold ring. And now you're really one of the 49ers. Well, you know, and, and that's. The water hunting thing you're talking about here, yes. that seems like that
0: may be a better bet because especially you go to like an active river that people canoe on and stuff yes, like that. Right. I've yes. dumped enough canoes to know how much crap right. I've lost on canoeing trips. Right. Uh, it seems like you'd be, you could find
2: all kinds of stuff there. From cell phones to jewelry to earrings... Well, jewelry, you know, oh, I mean, that, yeah, cell phones are worthless. Is, Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But uh, the jewelry, uh, we have boxes and boxes. In fact, I brought a couple of things. I know I can't physically show the audience, yeah. but I thought we could talk about them. Yeah, yeah. And one was just a box of silver rings. We've got boxes of gold rings, which I keep in the bank.
1: Dude!
2: And, uh, but I brought along a box of silver rings just to give you an idea of, you know, people laugh and they joke. In fact, I just got off the phone <laughs> or, uh, with, uh, there's a commercial running, Duracell. Yeah, and of course, yeah. Duracell batteries. We use tons of them in our hobby, even though there are some rechargeable units. Mostly, we use Duracell okay. batteries. Yeah, and they had a commercial on about the last two weeks, and it shows this little old, looks like an Italian guy on a beach. And he looks like he's about Uh ninety and and he's wearing like a diaper and he's going along (laughs) really he's going along with the detector and it's going beep beep and he says durability. And then they flash over to another guy and he says longevity or something. And they go back and the old guy is pulling up a string of pearls, which by the way you wouldn't find with a metal detector unless they were laced with silver. Laced with some type of metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's hanging it around his head and he's got like ten other sets of beads around his neck. So I found that very demeaning as treasure hunter. And I said, you know, you've got sexism here, you got old age, you got ageism, all these things. And I complained about it. So I actually called them up. I sent them an, an email. They responded. Said, oh, Duracell. Yeah. They said, we're the wrong division. We make <laughs> space stuff, you know. And I said, yeah. okay. So they gave me a number. I called and got a kid that was about 25, and I explained it to him, yeah. just as I did to you. And I says, well, wouldn't that bother you? And he says, no, man, not at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I felt kind of bad with that. I don't think he's going to pass the message on to the head of Duracell.
0: Well, I, you know,
2: <laughs> one of the things I thought about when, when Amber talked
0: about the Treasure sure. Hunters Club, and, and it's one of the things that her and I talked about. I'm like, man, you know, the, the you know, metal detecting, I should say, sure. metal detecting itself. Right. Um, do, well, let me ask you some questions mm-hmm. before we look at stuff. I want to ask you because yep. there's a lot of things that I'm curious about with this, and, and one is this. I mean, that Duracell commercial is an example of that. Like maybe a stereotype yeah. people make on people who are into metal detecting. Absolutely. Right. It's usually it,
3: made fun of. Well, yeah. More than it's,
0: And I think it's always because even when I. Like even when I was a kid, there was always like those you know you'd see parts of movies where you got somebody you know yeah, on a, yeah, on a yeah. beach or something like that with with the white stuff on their nose right. and the Bermuda shorts. And they're usually out there.
2: clicking like a Geiger counter, which no yeah, machine yeah, does. They don't do. That. They beat. They don't <laughs> they click beat. like yeah. a Geiger, Geiger counter. So I mean, I think there's
0: always been that like little bit of like you know a little little ribbing on that yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Do you think that metal detecting itself right now, as far as like a hobby, uh, a passion that people—it's obviously a passion for you, Tom. Sure. Um. As far as, like, what it's done, do you think it's a, and I don't take this the wrong way, but do you think it's something that may be a dying hobby? Like, you know, the world's changing. The reason I ask that is because the world's changing. Like bowling, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Bowling, I grew up around bowling, so I kind of watched the business go from this point to that point to the point it is now, which there's only a couple of bowling alleys left. It's it's just it's kind Mm -hmm. of a Mm golf. It's it's a dying sport. Yeah, golf starting to die. Mm -hmm. Um, So, do you see a a decrease in participation with this now, or is it, or is it maybe increasing? Maybe I could be totally wrong. I don't know.
2: No, you're right on. Uh, Yeah, we talk about this at all of our meetings. Yeah, the areas that we have to hunt are continuously shrinking. In fact, we have members from Canada in our club. Yeah, you can no longer metal detect any park in downtown Windsor. They've okay. been absolutely outlawed, and the reason is they Why? say, well, you guys don't fill your holes when you dig something up. You leave a hole. Well, I've seen squirrels and moles make way bigger holes. They're natural animals, of course, and we we one of our slogans, of our club is we leave it cleaner than we found it. And so that's the object. We are very careful in digging. We extract whatever it is, be it a bottle cap or a diamond ring, put the dirt yeah. back in the hole, put the grass right side up, step on it, and in a week you'll never know we were there. Exactly. But, again, there are a few unscrupulous people, mostly not in a club like ours, who don't fill their holes and may leave the trash on top of the ground because they're disgusted they found a Michelob can. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Part and that gives of us game, all a man. bad name, you know. Yeah. So um, at one point we were allowed to hunt every every state park in the state of Michigan. Okay. And our club was very instrumental about 30 years ago going to the state legislature and helping them pass that rule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Other states like North Carolina, you can hunt in no state parks whatsoever. All right. So uh, now they've come out with certain parks that you can't hunt and then other parks that you can only hunt hunt part of the park. Yeah. And usually it's like the parking lot. So, I mean, what are you going to find in a parking lot? Not not anything that you're looking so, for, basically.
0: To be clear, what you said was just that. Like like actual areas you guys are allowed to go to and do this at, they're shrinking. They're shrinking so this all isn't, the time. Yeah. You see, my my observation I, was that just participation mm-hmm. was shrinking. And maybe it is. I don't know. But it sounds like it's the other side where you have yeah. legislature stepping in or people who own property, let's say, correct, um, and they're the ones that are kind of cutting you guys off. Which I, you know, I just by talking to you for a couple minutes, Tom, <laughs> you at least, I, you know, I mean, I don't know anybody else, but right. um, I'm I'm certain that when you go out there, you you go by that motto. Oh, absolutely. You know, leave it leave it the same as you found Cleaning it. It's not better. Clear and yeah. you found it right. Um, I believe Which someone
2: that. just told us was also the Girl Scout motto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> I mean, but I believe that. I believe right, that in you. Right. And I believe that with most clubs that are out doing stuff like this. You know, it, it, it takes the extent, and, I, and, I, and I, maybe eccentric is the bad word for it, but something different. Because, I mean, yeah, let's let's admit, like, metal detecting nowadays, not a lot of people do it. Right. Like, you're, and you're going to know that better than anybody. Right. Um, but it's those groups are, that are the ones that are out there probably, that, that are actually taking care of whatever they're doing. Like, in your case, you know, you're out there somewhere and you're digging holes you're usually going to leave it in better shape than you found it right Absolutely. Uh, and then you know but you know you know and I know this is all kind of relative too but i you know i do a lot of long distance hiking for example mm-hmm. right and you know you can hike all you want it's a hobby just like metal detecting sure. is. you can hike and hike and hike and hike all you want and on the trails i'll find cigarettes mm-hmm. cigarette packs garbage All this stuff, black water, whatever it is that's left there. And it disgusts me to the point where I, I, a lot of times I bring a garbage bag out now, and depending on if it's, as long as it isn't like really bad, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. really nasty. I mean, I'll put it in a bag and I'll just carry it along with me and throw it in the trash can when I get at the trailhead, right? right? Um, They're not saying you can't walk anymore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know what? We've had too much garbage out on the trail here. You guys aren't allowed to walk anymore. Because, yeah, there would be. Really angry people in walking shoes going to DC. Right. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You know? I mean, right. It's, you know, but it's the same. And again, it's the same type of idea, though. Sure. So, yeah. And there's cat, there's animals that dig holes in my yard. Right. Yeah. I'm not thrilled about it, but it's, it's like, okay, well, do I start shooting them?
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I'm
0: not going to do that. Right. I don't see what the big deal I mean, that's not what I expected to hear out of you, frankly, mm. was that. I thought it may have just been the participation thing like there's just the world's changing. I see it with a lot of things, but it sounds like it's it's coming from the other side, which is sucky. I don't like
2: that. Yeah, it is. We uh pride ourselves on our membership. My aunt, when she was alive, was 97 years old. Yeah. She didn't detect, but she'd go with me Yeah, and sit under a tree, and I'd go in the water at uh, one of the parks and hunt and hunt. And she wanted to see what I brought up. that She found that very interesting. Yeah. And then we've had members as young as 2 and 3 years old that tag along with the parents, mm-hmm. and we have hunts for young kids, and they make machines for the youth. Yeah, that are right. less expensive, and yeah. you, you try to get them hooked. It's like anything. Yeah, once yeah. you find something, you find you want something more. More. I, and, I think, uh, I, and go we on, try sorry. to do that. I think, and that's great. That should be done.
0: I think the problem, though, is just that the alternatives that are out there mm. now. I mean, look, there's a reason the video game industry is worth <laughs> gazillions and zillions sure, of dollars sure. right now. It's because right. they have a product that is absolutely addicting. I mean, menacingly addictive, Um, and that's where you see kids that are begging their parents to buy them that $100 DVD that has a game on it for them to play or whatever, and they sit there for hours and hours at a time. Um, and I know we're all, we all probably sound like the get off my lawn people right now, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you need to do stuff to get you out in the fresh air, move mm-hmm. you around a little bit, get out in the nature, see some stuff, experience, you know, breathe in some real air, not the recycled stuff from your parents' furnace, you know, I mean, there's, yeah. you should be out there doing stuff like that, I know. And that's the old man Scott coming out of me. <laughs>
2: well, but it's true, but, though. But going along with that, we find our greatest growth is people who have just retired. And they don't want to golf. They don't want to fish. Okay. The wife is kicking them out of the Lazy Boy. Right. They want to go outside and get some, like you said, fresh air, exercise. Yeah. Man, getting up and down two and 300 times is, does wonders for your muscles and your exercise. breathing. Oh, you bet. Yeah, it's a ton of and, exercise. And uh, we've got people that literally hunt from 9 in the morning till dark every single day of the week. Dude. That sounds and they, great. And they post constantly on our website, yeah. of which we have, and uh, it's just amazing what they find.
0: You know, I, I do bicycle. I, I ride my bicycle a lot. I actually was when I was chowing down. It's because I just came in from a bike ride before you guys got here. And it's I, I was thinking about this as you were explaining this to me. Right. I go out and ride my bike, you know, around the neighborhood. Sometimes I'll go out and you know I do more urban, just urban, you know, kind of city riding, whatever. Um, and I'll I. I tell people, like, when you go out and just take a walk, or if you go out on a bicycle, you're not in a car, or any type of, you know, you're on just, like, bicycle or walking, right? It's amazing the things you see Yes. when you're moving slower, when you slow down a little bit, right? Absolutely. Even on a bicycle, which you move a little quicker than on, you know, on your feet. But I found so much interesting stuff on the ground, Mm riding my bicycle or out for a walk I have about three or four screwdrivers now extra in my toolbox right uh, I, a handful of sockets you know for socket wrenches for tools um found a phone charger that worked for my phone <laughs> right uh, you know plenty of pennies plenty of change you know and that cracks me up it tickles the you know me
2: to death I, I think it's funny you know we what I mean? have, we have a term for that it's called eyeballing.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: we've had people. I had a friend that worked for Bell Telephone. He yeah. was a lineman, and he told me he found you know up to ten dollars a week in change. And I said, well, Bob, I says, you ought to get a metal detector and try it. I loaned yeah. him mine. He bought yeah. one the next week. Yeah. He's one of the guys that's out every day, yeah. every day hunting and loves it yeah. and posts and talks about it. And it's just really exciting for him.
0: To me, this seems like, like and it's similar, like, you know, with the ghost hunting thing that mm-hmm. we you know the stuff that we're into and stuff like that. It seems like it's the same model to me because... People that are out there studying the paranormal, um, you know, they obviously want to find evidence. They want to find, you know, they want pictures or audio. I'm sure you guys are familiar. Sure, sure. Sure. You've been exposed to this stuff, uh, especially. If you went, and that's how we, you know, the reason I should mention the reason you guys are sitting here right now is because uh, Amber did a talk exactly. with you guys. And what's the name of the club again? Michigan Treasure Hunters. Thank you, because I got the memory of a goldfish. Obviously, <laughs> uh, she did a talk there, and that's how she met you guys, and right. and and had a great time. Um, so. You know, within that hobby, that in that community, I mean, you know, I know with my like my relationship to that community, I had to get away from it when I got really, when I was getting too hung up on trying to get the Holy Grail, right, right, which goes can be cross functional <laughs> for these for these both these these uh, communities. Um, it seems to me like my observation on this after you explained this to me and just kind of picturing how this could be done. Um, it seems like it would be a very relaxing thing to do.
2: It really. I mean, is. It's, you know it you're really out there is.
0: exercising. Oh yeah. It seems like it'd be a very relaxing thing to do as long as you kept it in that mindset of, look, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing it, and you know, hey, you never know, I might like, come mm-hmm. across a wedding ring that's been buried in the ground for a hundred years. Who knows? Um, I don't. Maybe, time. maybe it happened. It may, but maybe it won't. Right. So it seems like, you know, the one thing I've learned with that lesson in life is, you know. Don't ever try to, like, raise your hopes so high on something Mm -hmm. like that. Just enjoy it for where it is. Let it happen. Be in the moment. Yeah. You know, be in the moment of that thing. Because if you're not in the moment of it and you're always, like, you know, trying to, like, give yourself goal. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have goals. But – not when you're trying to have fun. I mean, you're just supposed to be doing that and being right, in the moment right. of that thing. And I'm sure you come across people that have been like, ah, like what you said. That's maybe what the problem is with your community is people that, oh, I, find, I found something. Ah, yeah, and yeah, That's not how I picture a person's <laughs> voice. Who, <you> know, Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, it's pretty close. <laughs>
1: Well, that's very close. Another
3: <laughs> cool thing is they will find people's stuff that's missing for them. Yeah. They'll find oh, if you find a ring, yeah. with identifying information like a class ring, yeah, they're but reuniting those with all people the all the time. Dude, that would be so mind blowing. And 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 people have brought them in to find yeah. lost wedding rings, lost. Yeah, we get calls all the time. Right, and then you you know, my mom was actually on a Channel Four interview right about what two years ago maybe? halloween two years ago okay uh where they, <laughs> they came thought out, we were spooky too. they came <laughs> out and, and and interviewed her yeah. uh and and put the little uh, show together on channel four yeah. about hunting in the club and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that but yeah. yeah they do a lot of good things they do charitable things oh, yeah. they do hunts that raise money um our family was involved in the kidney foundation and uh For years you know you guys had hunts where uh the very famous pawn shop in detroit donated tons and tons of
2: jewelry american Jewelry yep. and loan. Yep. 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 All the TV show. Yep. He yep. gave God. us yep. diamond rings, Scott. Less. We, yes. yes. Less. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Hello, he, Les. was friends, he was
3: friends with my dad's brother, brother Jerry. Right. It was a policeman. Yeah. Yep. And long uh, before the show.
2: We wouldn't bury the rings, of course, but we buried what are called tokens, which would have a number stamped on them. Yeah. And then if you got the right one, you matched it up with a ring. We gave away, I'll bet fifty or sixty golden diamond rings for four or five years in a row that he donated. To us, and we had a hunt, and all the money went to the National Kidney Foundation for a camp for children that have kidney disease. Oh, good. So, and and right now, our most current charity is working with seedlings. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. They're no. out of Livonia, and they do Braille books for blind children. Oh. And the Braille books used to cost like $500. They've got them down to like $25 now.
3: Right, and they sell them for 10 bucks. Yeah,
2: and uh, they're just phenomenal. And so we're, we've collected money through uh, various sales and things all year. And uh, in November, we're going to present them with one of these big, fat three-foot checks, you know. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get coverage. Uh, you know, a few people that work on the Observer in Livonia, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, showed that again. That there's more to it. It's not just well, a yeah, take, it's, take, take. It's all right. It's uh, we like to give back as well.
0: Well, and that's you know, and that's what I was saying before. Though a lot of these communities, you know, people that are doing things that are you know that are off the grid a little bit, right? Right. right. Um, I think people just like a lot of things. People go okay. They're just people out there with their with their devices scanning mm-hmm. the ground, and right. the, that's all they do. And they're weird and whatever, you know. And, and it, it, it's the same thing for people that study the the, the paranormal and the fringe. I mean, right. uh, you get blown off to a certain degree. And it's not like I'm expecting I, personally. I expect you know, verification from everybody I meet. I can care less, to be honest with you. But uh, it's just the it's the misnomer that people have about people that are trying different things, right? Just trying to do different things that have a passion for something like this. Uh, and they don't look at all the neat stuff that happens within that. I, I you know, I mean, again, I don't want to go into the get off my lawn, but I do that a lot nowadays. It's just, <laughs> I guess I'm, as you get older, it's what happens. As you get older, yeah. you just start, I'm young <laughs> people, what's wrong with them? Uh, but it is, I think there's just so many distractions people have now. And I know as I've gotten older, i've been really working hard on trying to slow down like i you know like i was saying the walking and the riding smell the roses right slow down a little bit and just kind of look around me and not get so tied up in all the speed and the racing that we're all doing Mm -hmm. and a lot of young people when you're raised on that you know and i don't generation xyz whatever they're called now yeah um i think i'm x or not. i don't know what i am it don't matter (laughs) um I think they're right but you're when you're raised in an environment where it's just like go 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 stare at your phone information 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 drive this project drive this project right. what else do you know yeah what else do you know besides that moving mm-hmm. as fast mm-hmm. as you can and not hey I want to find a neat hobby I want to find something cool to do that don't really have any you know it shouldn't have any real, you know, like stressors on me. Right. I mean, you know, it should be something I really look forward to doing.
2: And, and we find that the hobby is while we are agrarious and having two or three or four or five people hunting together, sometimes yeah. that's for safety purposes because sometimes we're hitting, hunting in the inner city and you better have a bunch of Dude, people with real? you. for real? Oh, yeah, all the time. And uh, but it's also a solitary hobby. You're wearing your headphones, so you have no outside distractions. You're listening oh, for signals. You're yeah. watching a dial that will show you, you know, whether it's gold, silver, how deep it is. They Whoa. have machines like this now, Whoa. or if it's a bottle cap, and then you you dig it up. But it it can be a very solitary hobby, and it can be a group hobby that's, at the same time. That's that's kind of freaky. I mean, I mean, anywhere,
0: to be honest. Sure. I mean, I have a rule, like, you know, I was talking about my bicycle riding and my, my hiking and stuff like that. I always have the one, because I listen to my podcast or music sure. or whatever, but I always have the one headphone rule. I always keep one in. I always keep one ear opened up because I want to hear what's going right. on around right. me. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, 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 it blows my mind. People that are, you know, that are way older than me, I see people walking down the street like I'll be riding behind them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I always have, and my other rule is, I give you three chances. I say hello, and I don't want to startle anybody or scare anybody. Right. But people will have like headphones, like what we're wearing right now in the right. studio here, right, blaring, and they're walking down a main road, and I'm like, dude, yeah, and
1: crazy? they don't hear
0: anything. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of not, it's not concerning. I, you obviously know what you're doing, sure. but I mean, and that's part of what you, you can't do it with just one headphone. You have oh to yeah, it. yeah, and there are guys that yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I would totally do that because I'm paranoid as it is, even like even if I was in a state park or something like that, I'd still be like paranoid. But what
2: you're usually carrying a six inch knife to retrieve your things from the ground. So you're semi armed. But we have others (laughs) that are retired police officers that carry that pistol right in their pouch. And we have been accosted a couple of times by people. Nothing ever seriously has happened. No one's had their equipment stolen in, from our club. Yeah. But other clubs have had people come up and take their equipment, which, you know, it can be anywhere from 500 to to $1,000. So people have ripped them off. Oh, yeah. It, it happens. So you've got to be very careful. When you head into a rougher part of town, yeah. you need five Group. or six guys preferably with you, all within earshot, and you kind of watch out for each other. Why go there? I know because that's, kind of, that's where the great stuff is. There's <laughs> the nothing great stuff. in Livonia. I shouldn't say that. There are. But, you know, if you want a Civil War button or a, a, a card from a Civil War store, yeah. uh, a coin, you have to go down to where campus marshes. You have to go downtown, downtown by the riverfront. If you want to find something that was dropped by Antoine de la Moth Cadillac, you know, when he came here in 1602, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, we find stuff like that, that old. It's still there. Yes, it's still there in the ground. And now that they're renovating downtown Detroit along the riverfront, we'll ask permission. We always ask permission. That's the number one thing. Yeah. You never go out. Without it's the same thing with ghost hunting. It's yeah, the same exactly. You're supposed to ask for permission. Yeah, yeah. and, right. and 99% <laughs> And do. it's trespassing if you don't. Yeah, yeah. he's a lawyer, so we got to watch out for him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and that's where the old, old stuff is. So the older, and then if you can go to the East Coast yeah. and you start uh, digging in what's called cellar holes in the woods in Massachusetts, they're finding coins from the 1600s. One guy has found seven George Washington inaugural buttons now, can you imagine someone was selling these buttons back yeah. in 1785 or whenever yeah. he was inaugurated, and it says, God bless GW, on them, and they have a collection, oh. and they're, they're cataloged in books. They're found all the time.
0: You know, it, it, this stuff makes me think about just history itself, and not it's, just recent history. I mean, just just history in and of itself and how this planet, at least, it seems like, things just we just keep you bury that past you know Mm -hmm. it's just how the earth works too i guess i mean the earth i mean and i'm no geologist you know i don't know how the earth works but it seems like the past just kind of gets buried literally to a certain degree certain things i mean there's there's things like we were doing work i had fences put in here on this property and um We dug up, you know, a pair of glasses. Mm -hmm. An old pair of glasses were underground, and Amber's like, whoa, look at that, you know? Uh, My father's house, he had to have some foundation work done, so they had to dig down, like, you know, six or seven foot on the side of the house, and up, and this was a nothing, but it was cool. Up comes this old green bottle, and it was like an old seven-up bottle or Mm -hmm. something like that, but it was probably from, like, the 60s or 70s, which... Well, that's that's kind of a long time ago now. Yeah, It yeah. don't seem like it because be I was old born older. then. But you know, it's sure. like, it, it, it's, But you when but even like something like that, just finding something like that right. un, underground. Yeah, you're like, well,
2: how long? What was this thing's journey? Well, right. my wife, we we went out and hunted. Yeah. Uh, a small town outside of Lansing, and I can't remember the name of it. It started with an O. Yeah. And the town burnt like in 1895. Oh. They bulldozed the entire town into a gully. Yeah. We got to go there and hunt it and down and the trenches were seven and eight feet deep, my wife found an original light bulb Mm -hmm. that was hand lettered by the Edison Manufacturing Company. Dude. And it was intact. I mean, it wasn't crushed. I mean, obviously was It was not broken. crushed. Yeah. The glass, of course, was heavier than it is today. Right. Yeah. Of course, you got LEDs today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we show that, and people say, I can't believe that came from seven feet under the ground. It wasn't destroyed, but it wasn't. Well, it was a lot heavier. Like you said, it was a lot heavier duty, though. Too. Well, it's still glass. It's still glass.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's think- hollow glass, you know. There's just this thing when you find stuff like that, and that's what I've seen before, like what was its journey? Like yeah. that button you were talking about, right? Yes. Yes, the
2: George Washington.
0: Obviously, that was something that was handmade. It wasn't yeah. done on some, I mean, buttons now are just been them little sure. print, print right. stamp, print stamp, print yep. stamp. And I've seen them done before. Uh, but that was something that was handmade by somebody. So that thing started as more or less elements, pieces of the earth itself. Right. And it was made into this thing that was supposed to convey a message to to people and somebody probably, proudly wore that around. Absolutely. And then maybe moving, something happened. Maybe they got, maybe they they died. Who knows? Something happened, right? Um, You you just think about stuff like that. And this is what you guys, obviously what you guys do, thinking about stuff. um, And like, you know, just, it makes me think about just these ideas. Like, I mean, people, st- I'm sorry, I'm trying to string this together, but, but like it's when you have stuff, like you find stuff on, like I said, I find stuff on the ground all the time. Right. Um, I found some older stuff and I'm like, okay. And it's, to me, it's always just, what was its journey? Sure. How did it get here? Um. When my grandma passed away a couple of years ago, we had to empty her house out and she had some stuff from, you know, the forties and fifties still. Right. Uh, there's a vacuum cleaner down here that I still used. It was from the fifties that right. she still had. Sure. But we couldn't take everything. Right. We couldn't take everything. I tried to take as much as I could, and I, and I did. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, this stuff's too valuable. It's too it's too beautiful stuff. It's, you don't get right. this stuff anymore. Well-made. But there was still stuff that had to go, right? Um, and what makes me think about that is we had to take some of the stuff to dump, and it was heartbreaking. Mm. And maybe a piece of something fell off the truck when we were going there, right? And then that piece... Floats out somewhere. Sits and then there and waits. It's a piece of something, like a piece of metal, yep. the, the corner of something, a button maybe. I don't know, You're right? Because right? this be. very well could have happened. I'm sure. pretty sure it did. And, and then that gets buried somewhere. And then now 3,000 years from now... Some aliens walking on this planet, because we're gonna probably be gone. <laughs> right. So some aliens walking on this planet and he digs into the ground with his with his little toe shovel that he has. It's right. automated and it just <laughs> it, it digs up in the ground and then he finds this button and he looks at it and goes, whatever he's speaking, and he goes, That's what that means is like that's pretty cool. You yeah, know, whatever. Right. Of um, course. It, but that thing traveled right. and then it then it rested. But it was still traveling because it's still under the earth and it's, getting, it's being buried. It's going deeper and deeper and deeper, I think. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I know I'm tripping out right now because this is tripping me out. Uh, but it makes me think about all this sure. stuff. You know, well, when you're
2: and when you're, go ahead. God, people always wonder, how does a coin get under the ground? And that's a good question. Let's say if yeah, you were in yeah, a park yeah. and you lost a coin, it lands on the ground. Well, in a couple of weeks, the guy comes around, cuts the grass. Now it's under shaved grass. It's still visible. It's still on the surface. Yeah. Then fall comes like we're into now. Right. The leaves fall. The leaves decompose. You now have a sixteenth of an inch of dirt on top of that coin. And if it's lays there for 50, 100 years, now it's three, four inches under the ground. Yeah. And that's where we find them. So they, the coins don't sink into the ground. They just They're buried, buried yeah. literally through nature. Yeah, and that's, right.
0: that's the same. Yeah, I mean, that's... And thanks for explaining that to me. Sure. I'm like, well, the stuff <laughs> just sinks it, into the yeah. ground. It, it 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 gets deeper. I mean, something yep. just because when you find a coin under the ground, like like let's say two foot under the ground. I don't know what the average is. No, let's not say, that deep. Like okay, couple inches let's, say, or... let's say let's okay a couple inches. Maximum is eight inches. Okay, so eight inches is a, let's say it's under the ground eight inches. That's the first thing I'm going to say is, well, who the hell buried this thing here? Yeah. Right. They didn't bury it there. No. It's it, it all these years. Of just going over, like you were saying, mowing, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. The earth just doing things. Swallows it. Hell, somebody might dig it. it may have, this Turned coin may have been dug up at one place and then mm-hmm. taken somewhere, somewhere, else somewhere else by a truck and dumped somewhere else. That's the journey to me, which is little things like that. And I know people don't think like that, and I, it it's what makes me weird, I guess. But as I think about maybe just a penny, how it got here, right, right? Um, There was that one movie, uh, No Country for Old Men. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, great movie. There's that, that, you know, uh, Xavier Bardell. Call it. Yeah. Call it. Call it. Yeah. And he talks about that quarter. Yeah. And he's like, I think it was like 1976 or whatever. He's like, where's that? It's from Sydney. He's like, that coin's been traveling all this time to come to your hand. Absolutely. You know, and the guy who's... Having the, that old man, he don't realize the gravity of the yeah, situation he's death, in. Literally. It's a life or death decision he's making here. But, I mean, it was that same idea that, that really right. captivated me when he said that. I was like this coin's been traveling to get to your hand. Absolutely. Now call it. I'm like, it's so trippy. Whoa, it was right. great. So, right. yeah, I'm sorry my, to trip out My wife on you guys, but... <laughs> uh,
2: was hunting with a good friend in Northville, Michigan, and found what's called a fish scale, which is colloquial for a Canadian dime uh, from the eighteen. 18- 50s or 60s. I'm not sure the date. It's very small, very hard to locate, very thin. Well, we took that and we were also working with a a major numismatic club, which is coins. And we had to do a display. And so what we did is we found out where the coin was minted. We found out that it was minted uh, in London. and, And we found out where which mint made it yeah then how it was shipped across the ocean and we had it landing over in canada and then it was transshipped across to probably windsor and then the question was well then how did it get from windsor to northville michigan and so what we did is we had a giant map and we plotted that all out we won for a surprise you want a gold coin but that yeah. was what we like to do is to, like you said exactly where did it come from yeah. where was this journey how did it get into did, this field yeah. in northville michigan under a tree
1: yeah
0: how, how did how it get there? And that's that's just I'm obsessed with that idea of how yeah. things just kind right. of end up where they're at. Those glasses we found in the backyard, mm-hmm. right? Who did they belong to? Yeah, why were they there? I always imagine somebody was back there gardening one day and they fell, out of they their fell off their pocket out of their pocket. Or they or they took them off for a second to scratch their eyes and they forgot about them and then they and just they
3: like, couldn't find them and they're missing. Yeah, and they're gone
1: forever. And then and over the
0: years of stuff growing up. there and the snow and all these things. They just ended up getting there until we uprooted all this stuff to put the new fences in, right? Right, right, right? right. So, man, that's this has got me thinking about so much interesting stuff. And speaking of interesting stuff, you you brought all this. I I looked at this when you brought the box, there. you you took the box out of the bag, and I was like, "What am I in for here?" <laughs> right. So, I mean, unfortunately, this is the bad part of the show. I know. You right. can't but, see it. I, that's why I do a show because I can do cool stuff. You can and describe you can. it. <laughs> well, I, I guess I can. I'm pretty good at that, I guess. So this is, what I'm looking at here is, you know, you know, I might take a picture of this. Can we take a picture of that? Oh, or absolutely. I might take a picture of that um, and put it up on, you know, the website for sure, people to look sure, at. that would be great. So what is all this? Just tell me. Well, these
2: are just a, small portion of the silver rings that my wife and I have found in 30 years of metal detecting. We probably have four or five boxes of silver like this. Like boxes like that? Yeah, okay. and four or five boxes of gold, which we keep in the bank. Okay. because it's just too valuable to keep yeah, Oh, yeah, 100% uh, agree. But you yeah. were talking about the journey of the glasses. This particular ring here, which maybe you'll see it later in the picture. Which one? Uh, it's this very center that, one here. With that, with that big kind of brown, brown stone yeah, in that's the pretty, yeah. Well, the stone is actually petrified wood. We were hunting in Maryland at a lieutenant governor's house in Maryland. Okay, We got permission to hunt. They still had slave cabins up there. This was obviously a slave state during the Civil War. We were out in the garden, and I was hunting, and I got a signal dug down and found a square nail. A okay. square nail means it was hand-hammered, okay. probably by slaves. Right. Well, we're taught to go over the hole a second time, and I went over the hole a second time. Guess what? Another square nail. And I said, well, pretty soon I'm going to have a whole house here. So I took that one out, went over the hole a third time, got the exact same signal as the two nails, and out popped this ring. And I was flabbergasted. It didn't need polishing. It's not scratched. Uh, a friend that was a lapidarist, a yeah. stone person, uh, said that it was probably made around 1820 or 1830 Dude. out west and somehow made its way back to Maryland, probably as a gift for the wife, is what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. And then how did it get in her rose garden? Well, I said it was very simple. Women sometimes take their jewelry off for safekeeping and put it in their apron. Mm-hmm. And as she was cutting roses, because she had slaves to do this, but she wanted to tend her garden. Yeah, yeah. And as she was working, the, very easy to lose it out of a pocket. Yeah. And it laid there till I recovered it. So that reminded me of what you were talking it's that about. Journey. The that is the journey. Is that of journey of that particular man. ring? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, when I, and I think uh, that's what makes stuff like that just so captivating to me. It's oh, just absolutely. that. I mean, you look at that, and all I can do is just sit there and wonder. You know, when it was made. Yep. It was born. Right. And it's
2: Mexican and, silver, they said. Yeah,
0: when it it was born somewhere and it's made this journey and now it's it's obviously in safekeeping with you. One right. of my things I, I do, you know, I mentioned I you know I collect a lot of records and stuff like that. And I've 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 worked with some people and bought some lots before from people or pieces of lots of records and whatnot. And mm-hmm. some of these ones they they may have taken a little bit of damage. And I always think I always it's i always kind of put myself on a on a pedestal in a certain ways i'm like well you're coming home now baby it's okay i'm going to put you in a nice plastic bag Right, And nothing's going to ever happen to you. Treasure to you. Nothing's going to happen to you. You're going to be taken care of now, baby. And that's what all these rings that you were showing, and they're all in these beautiful boxes here. They're never going to be beat up ever again. They're going right. to be totally taken care of and tended to. And this is just a portion of the stuff you guys have
2: Just found. the tip of the iceberg. People, again, that's why I said when they show these silly people finding this junk on the, you know, a tin can on the beach, not that we don't find tin cans, but we do find a lot of really good stuff, and that's what makes the hobby exciting for us.
0: Yeah, and, and I mentioned that before. I mean. Yeah, that's that's going to make it exciting. Like, yeah, I might find something. That'd be pretty right. cool. Right. But I, I mean, I think you know, mentally, you should keep yourself in that spot of, yeah, it'd be really cool if I found something. But if I don't, I still had a good time to stop right. here, oh. just out here. It still costs just,
3: you just batteries. batteries yeah. And and you know, your machine. Yeah. Ta- costs X dollars, but they last probably ten years, twenty. Well, years. I was going
0: Yeah, I was gonna say if we could talk about that for a minute too. I didn't mean I don't want to derail this too much, but I did want to ask you about the actual metal detectors now. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my dad bought me one. Ah, good. Yeah, and I went out and did some of it. I had a lot of fun doing it. When when we go down to Tennessee, I go out to the woods out there and metal detect. I don't remember ever finding anything. I Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of patience when I was young, though, either, too. (laughs) Right. But um, he bought me a, you know, it was was a standard, you know, battery, you know, little battery-powered one. Uh, And when I did kind of get interested in it, and started looking at I remember being a kid looking at some of like the higher end ones and this stuff, yeah. Oh, this yeah. was so I mean, as far as equipment now for this, I mean obviously we have the metal detector. Right. Right. What do those range in price now as far as like like cheapest to like I am the king of sure. the world choice?
2: Sure. Well, we we saw some on at Costco the other day. Yeah, uh, there were regular two hundred and fifty dollar machines. They were selling them for a hundred bucks. So our club bought a couple because we do raffles, and we thought, hey, what better than win a metal detector? Yeah, and yeah. that was a decent metal detector. There's four or five major companies now. Yeah, yeah. they're becoming worldwide. There's a Turkish company that's big into metal detecting. Okay. an Australian company that's huge called MineLab. All right, uh, and others across the world and across yeah. Europe and, and whatnot. Uh, but we always say the average. A machine that has a good discriminator on it, uh, low-end would be about $250. Yeah. If you find one ring, you've paid for your machine, if you find the right ring. Yeah. And they'll go up to four and $5,000 now. Oh! They have some that are so sophisticated, they actually give you a digital image of what's under the ground.
0: And now, is that all, like, I'm going to sound very ignorant now, I apologize. No, no. As far as, like, that will scan further out...
2: More, no, or is it mostly, just more or less Mostly deeper, deeper, mostly deeper. The mine labs, which is the, the uh, big name now for deep depth detection, where an average detector will go down six, maybe seven inches they might go down to 10 inches. Okay. And the older the deeper you go, the older the stuff usually. So well, yeah, given our conversation, you know, people are picking yeah. out all the all the modern coins in the first four inches. Yeah, yeah. And you've got one of these super machines. You follow them, and you're digging up all the <laughs> stuff from the 17 and 1800s. And they're wondering how did you do that? Well, well I got five thousand dollar detector. You got right? it. You got it. Oh, my God, I so imagine. equipment does pay off in there. Yeah. And how much? Do you, I mean, they're... I guess. an average price might for a decent machine would be about four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah.
0: yeah. I and I haven't used one in a long time. I mean, they are they. they I, I imagine. This has been many years since I used one. They're probably a lot lighter now, too.
2: They're oh, much way more lighter. Easier, more ergonomic. Easier yeah, to they use. used to have a big battery. Then they went to eight A batteries. Now they run off one nine volt. Oh, oh. it's beautiful. And so you can see because the battery is the heaviest thing on the machine. Yeah. And uh, they're like a feather. They're like two and a half pounds. Wow. And so, you know, you can hunt all day and you don't have to get elbow you know um i was gonna i was gonna surgery. ask that too i mean you yeah did say, it will wear you out on the heavy yeah, machines
0: you did say there's you know there's getting up and getting you know you know you're obviously going yes. to go down dig a little bit look yep. in the ground and stuff like that
2: so i mean that, that's where you know i could probably be a little hard on the bones here and there well we've replaced quite a few knees in the club <laughs> including my wife's one <laughs> sort of a battle scar
0: you have a couple of things. Other things you brought out. I here. do, and uh,
2: our club, when we we try to inspire each other. Once a month, we meet in Livonia, Michigan. Yeah, uh, and uh, at a place called Holy Cross Lutheran Church. I'll give you a commercial. It's on Six Mile and roughly uh, Middle Belt Road. Okay, and uh, we meet there on the fourth Tuesday of every month. And each month we start fresh with what the membership has found, and we have four categories. Okay, we have uh, jewelry we have tokens, we have um, relics, and we have, what's the fourth one? I can never remember. Jewelry, tokens, relics, and... Uh, coin Coins. Thank okay. you. How did I forget <laughs> coins? And so we divide them things up, and everybody, including the visitors, get to, to vote on what we have. Yeah. And so some of these are a few. I, I brought one representative from each of those things that I had found. Okay, cool. Just to kind of talk about it. And, yeah. you know, obviously everybody sees silver rings and, oh, man, it's cool. How many people would get jerked out of shape that I would rather probably have this than every single silver ring in that box. And we're looking at a knife right We're looking now. at a knife with a bone handle. Whoa. And it is rusted, and it came from a Civil War battlefield. <gasps> and the last guy that cut his stake with this, we don't know if he was killed in the battle or not, but that's his knife. And uh, so I brought that I would along. rather have that, too. That would be the relic. We also, when we do Civil War, and I should mention this, you cannot hunt any federal Civil War battlefields. You can't go to Gettysburg, take out your detector. Yeah, You will be locked up I was gonna, with a $10,000 fine immediately.
0: And I hate, I don't want to derail us again, but no, I, I was going to ask you about that. Yep, we yep, we, we could, talked we, about that briefly before.
2: Yeah. You can't go out there. No, no. But the battles took place with forty, fifty thousand 50,000 men. They were spread out for twenty, thirty 30 miles right. beyond the battlefield. Dude, there's so much stuff out there. So there's you go back on doors and the yeah. private and farms. And where you do and it. And Tim has been with me right, on one. You know, oh, there's private farms? Yeah. And one yes. guy had a big sign that said, U.S. government keep out. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, you know, well, visitors I mean, keep out.
0: I I mean, I,
2: not to side with the, the
0: administration too much, but... I could only imagine. I mean, if you if they allowed it in the state parks and stuff like that, you'd probably have a million people out there, though, wouldn't you? And you th- do, you,
2: or maybe I'm wrong. No, I, mean, I don't, I don't think so. I, you might see a few. Yeah, you know, but there's there's not a million of us. I know the thing. <laughs> one I know state park.
0: we've been to Gettysburg a bunch of times. Yeah. And, the, and the number one rule that we we always and we're told was. Uh, you know, don't take don't anything. Touch anything. don't right. touch it. You know, you know, you can touch stuff, pick, pick a rock up. You know, right. I mean, I looked at stuff, but like, you know, don't take anything with you. And of course, when you're dealing with the ghost stories, they're like, Oh, there's been a lot of stories. If oh, you brought that yeah. rock home, there oh, your, yeah. your, your house burnt down, <laughs> you know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, so that was their big
2: thing. But if you're going on private land, Hey, yeah, go yep. for it. It's not? private, private, private property. One. And usually the person doesn't want anything back in return. Although right. once in a while, They'll say, Well, Split I wanna see what me. you found and I wanna keep what I can keep. Yeah. You know, and that we work on that. Yeah. Or they'll say my Aunt Louise lost her diamond ring in that right. field. And you find it and we find it, we give it back. You know, and that of course ingratiates them to us, and it invites us back. But speaking of pieces that were found on the battlefield, these two pieces, and I've got a third here, are pieces of shrapnel. Shrapnel is, of course, metal cannonballs and shells that are fired at the enemy and explode. Uh And uh, these things are very heavy uh, sharp, ragged, and if they hit you, they just literally take your arm, your leg, or your head off. Yeah. And so we find pieces of this, and we have to treat them because in the air they start to oxidize and, and fall apart. Mm-hmm. These, if I had not treated them, would be gone by now. Okay. And we like to take these and show these to people, you know, so that they recognize what it was like when they read a Civil War novel or something what do you, like what do you that. What did you treat them with? Uh, it was a, a, a material to stop metal from rusting. It okay, found it at the local uh, all right uh, car store. Okay, <laughs> car repair. This is the rowel off of a spur. Oh, you say which, it's a spur? Yeah, yeah, which he would kick the horse. Yeah, and it would ride and, and you know. So Don't spin th- anymore. I'm sure doesn't spin. <laughs> no, no. And that was found in a different place. Damn. And I, and I also. For your benefit, I'll show you a couple of photographs of areas that we found stuff like yeah, that in. Yeah, yeah. So in addition, that would that would kind of fit into the relic category. You've seen the jewelry with, yeah. the, with the rings. Uh, we can go to coin next, and this has a great story. This particular coin, which is now encapsulated, yeah. is an 1854 what's called seeded dime. Now, if you know anything about money, our current who's on our current dime? Have you any knowledge of that? And I have piles of dimes, and I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Roosevelt. Thank you. Roosevelt is on our current dime. Before him was the winged Mercury. You've probably heard of a Mercury dime. Before her, there was what's called a barber dime, Mm -hmm. which was another head. Mm -hmm. And before her was the seated Liberty. And what it is, it's a Statue of Liberty seated in a chair. Okay. And before that, there was probably even another one. So yeah. this is the second oldest dime. 1854, and on the back of it is also stamped the, the uh, place it was made, which is an old mint mark, yeah. which means it was made in New Orleans. So oh, wow. New Orleans was one of our mints. So this was pre-Civil War, 1854. Yeah. Uh, I always said Lincoln could have had that coin in his pocket. Uh, probably didn't. But you found we all this a, stuff underground. We found, well, we got. Let, I have to tell you the story <laughs> of how I got. Up. How I got to find this coin. It's really got a great story. Do it, yeah. It I is hear by it. the way my oldest coin ever. So, there's people that have done better. Let's, let's hear it. We went to Greenfield Village on an outing, just my wife and I, yeah. and we went to the Eagle Tavern. And for lunch. Mm-hmm. And they sit you in a communal thing, you know, where you yes, sit yeah. at picnic tables. Yeah, And I'm sitting next to a guy, and we're talking. And, of course, we always bring up our hobby. Mm-hmm. You never know, you know. And the guy says, yeah, I live in uh, Saline, Michigan, you know. And he yeah. says, uh, yeah, and we're talking. And he says, oh, Dave, you know, do you ever see anybody metal detecting or whatever? He says, yeah, once in a while. He says, I live in an old Civil War era house. And I said, oh, really? Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah. He said, uh, you wouldn't probably recognize it because it's been recited. And we said, okay, you know, with aluminum siding. And we said, gee, you know, would it ever be possible we could come out and, and you know, hunt your yard for, you know, what we could find? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, yeah. And so we said, well, what's your name? And his name was Dr. Fletcher. And I'm sure he's still alive and maybe he's listening to this pod- podcast. Mm-hmm. And. He says, but do me a favor. He says, do you ever find any bottles? And I said, well, yeah, accidentally. We can't find them with our metal detector. But when we're digging, we find bottles. Like you mentioned, you found a Coke bottle. Yeah, yeah. And he says, well, I would love to find a Fletcher's Castoria bottle because I'm related to the Fletcher from Fletcher's Castoria, which was castor oil, by the way, a medicinal Mm -hmm. thing that they were using. Well, I thought back to this place where the wife found the a light bulb. And we found four Fletcher's Castoria bottles.
0: Well, I, I, can, let's pause for one. Yes. Now, bottles.
2: Bottles now. Light bulbs. Right. Glass, both of them. Yeah. Although the light bulb had a metal base. That's how it was found. Okay. bottle was found about, incidentally. Oh, incidental- incidentally. Incidentally. Okay, all right. So that wasn't the, any type no, of detection. No. Right. There was no litter or anything okay, on it. All right. It, just as we were digging. So I had right. four of these. I says, well, Dr. Fletcher, I'll bring you one of these bottles and give it to you. <gasps> he was just overjoyed. <laughs> so I said, we'll call you and... Anyway, a month or so goes by, I call him, and he says, oh, geez, I'm going to a wedding tonight. He says, but come on over anyway, yeah, and you can hunt. So we went over to his house. We hunted the front front yard. My wife and a good friend of ours hunted not one coin. We went into the backyard, and they're under an apple tree. I'm going along, and I got a hit. I went down and reached down with my knife, dug and flipped, and out came this little silver disc, and it fell and landed on a pile of dirt. It was that dime, the 1864-54 oh. New Orleans dime, which is my oldest dime ever. It was the only cone How coin. deep was it? It was about two inches deep. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was next to a root. And uh, it was the only coin we found the whole day, the three of us. And Mm -hmm. we're all pretty good hunters. Yeah. So that's the story behind the 1854 dime, of which I am very proud. The other one is the token. And we were in Bay City, Michigan, where my sister-in-law's sister lives. She had a really old house. We said, well, can we hunt? Sure. And we found this little thing, which looks about the size of a nickel. It's sort of copper or brass. Mm -hmm. And it says, good for five cents in trade at the bar. Now, wait a minute. Think about that. What kind of a drink can you buy for five cents at a bar? I'm assuming it's alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was on the back of it. It has an address, and it's like uh, 583 Clay Avenue. Now, I'd like to go to Bay City someday. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's still a Clay Avenue if it hasn't been renamed, yeah. Yeah. you know, whoever... <laughs> famous person it's a cds now or something, and well i'm sure don't. that probably that building is not there wouldn't it be cool if i could Take find a 538 like, hey i want a drink yeah yeah i said here's <laughs> here's my token now where's my drink yeah so that would be my dream but i'm probably a parking lot now or a walmart uh, or something yeah, like yeah, that Yeah, unfortunately so those are some of the things that uh, i brought to just sort of spark it's some interest so, and all
0: this stuff was just just laying like, um, there for the taking. Yeah, just there for for someone to find and yes. obviously put into good care that you have it with. That's, that's that stuff. Just it, it's it's mind blowing, and it's all these same things I think about. You got more stuff.
2: Oh what, yeah. What is this this well, this would again fill, fit into military relic. We yeah. got permission to hunt the Antietam battlefield, the outskirts of the Antietam oh, yeah. battlefield. We actually got permission to hunt. With, if you know your Civil War history, uh, which was called the cornfield, which was a, a part of the battle yeah. where the armies went back and forth like six times and wiped mm. each other out. And we found Confederate bullets and things in there, and we were really excited. And uh, we got back to another field and we hunting, and I got a hit, and I found what's called a mini ball, which is a lead bullet, conical in shape, uh, and uh, it was very deadly. It was good up to a 1,000 yards. It could kill you, mm-hmm. and it's heavy. And that's and, that's metal. Yeah, it's okay. lead. It's lead, lead. and they have to turn white because in a hundred years, the lead oxide will turn them white. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's giving you a shiny mini ball for twenty bucks, don't buy it because yeah, it's made it's in the, their basement. Yeah. Anyway, this one has a, a spiral curved carved into the nose of it. And we're sitting there, and I said, What could that possibly be? And we said, Well, maybe the guy was bored and he was sitting there and he had his bullet and he found a hole in the fence and he's sticking it in there and turning it. And, you know, it yeah, yeah. never dawned on us what that was. Very significant. Well, my friend looked at it and he says, You've got what's called a pulled bullet. I said, A pulled bullet? What's that? And he says, Well, during the Civil War, of course, they were muzzle loaders. They would take and break the paper cartridge, pour the Powder down the barrel. Yep. Drop the cloth in. Wrap it around the bullet. Ram it home, and then they put a little percussion cap on a nipple. Pull it back and fire. Mm-hmm. And voila, you got you got your gun. Well, it was so hectic during the battle, and they found at the Battle of Gettysburg, they found barrels that had eight and ten bullets rammed into them, were never fired. Because the cap would go off. Attention. They were They were so scared. Yeah. And here they got, you know, they weren't shooting anybody, but they were getting shot at. Well, anyway, this guy on the Antietam battlefield, this is my favorite story of all, yeah. he is firing this and his gun fouls. Mm-hmm. He won't fire. So what does he do? He lays on his back because, you know, they're shooting at you. Yeah. He pulls a ramrod out of his rifle. He attaches this little thing, which another fellow found for me, which is called a worm. the worm has two little teeth on it. It screws onto the end of the ramrod. That goes down and turns and bites into the soft lead of the bullet. Ah. And then he puts the gun between his feet. And laying on his back, he's pulling. Uh And he's pulling. And the Mm. bullets are whizzing. And finally, pop, out comes this bullet Mm -hmm. at the end of the ramrod. And he heaves it or whatever, you know. And then he reloads his gun and the fight continues. Now, did he survive? Was he shot when he was doing this? The most exciting part of this is, Scott, that you can still see the powder burned around the edge of the bullet where it rammed into the barrel. That's living testimony yeah. of the ferocity of that particular battle. Yeah. September 17th, 1862. Yeah. And of course, after that battle, Lincoln signs the Emancipation Proclamation mm-hmm. yep. freeing the slaves. So, uh,.
0: Well, and that's quite a story. It just keeps going back to this idea that I keep. You know, it's like this whole. You know, you can you can extrapolate all that information from that one little thing. Yes, that's uh, that I know. Some people have may have found out in those fields and said, eh. "Yeah, threw it back." Yeah, right. What's a bullet? And there's all. You know, I'm sure if you're a person that lives there, that's something that that they. Whatever. I live in Gettysburg. Yeah, I'm here, find bushels <laughs> of them. But you know, I, I don't know why it should be different though, whether you live there or not. Uh, to be able to have something that has that much history, when you're able to go and find out about that,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: to me, that's like that's just it's priceless. Yeah, it's it priceless, is. and it's it is it's, you know it, it's not a precious metal. It's no nope. lead. Yep, but that thing signifies a lot. In that one little piece of lead, it signifies so many things that was going on at yep. that time. Yep. And yeah, you're right. The ferocity of that battle. Uh, you know what they? How you know how primitive it was too. It wasn't it nearly as surgical as what know no. no. uh-uh. what we what we see now when it comes to battle and war. Right, um, it was brutal. Like you were showing that shrapnel. That's one yeah. of the things I tell people about. You know about battle. It's like, you know, I'm sorry, it isn't whatever Medal of Honor that you play on your on your whatever console. Yeah, um, battle in the eighteen hundreds was very brutal. They, they called it battery for a reason, because yep. that's really what the idea was, just to batter and batter and yep. batter you to yep. death, right? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, if you got piece, hit by a piece of that shrapnel... You were a goner. It, it didn't poison you and put you to sleep or, no. you know, peacefully. <laughs> you got ripped apart. I Literally. Mean, just, just... And its you can't really... I think a lot of people can't really fathom that people did that at one time. I mean, people still are doing that, by the way. <laughs> It's not. It's still going on. Yeah, you know? right. It's just. Uh, uh, it's just you know, uh, but it's just, it's a very very, that little piece of lead mm-hmm. makes you think about all. At least to me, it makes me think of all these things oh, and that and that piece of history and what you know, what really put into perspective for me. Our friend Tom, he passed away unfortunately. Mm. Uh, he was a, he was a friend of the show. Uh, him and I would go out hiking back in back years ago, and <laughs> I think it was fresh off of a Gettysburg trip. And we were out in the middle of the summer in West Michigan out on the trails. It was about 9,500 degrees out. And <laughs> we we're, you know, we we're just sweating to death. I'm like, man, this sucks. I just want to go home. You know, and he's like, dude, chill out, man. He's like, think about those guys that were in the Civil War. Right. Those guys were marching for like hundreds of miles. Right. In wool in suits. In wool suits. Yeah, wool, yeah absolutely wool, wool suits. Uh, and you know, don't, and they did it. Those guys were badasses. And you're complaining because you got nothing but a pair of shorts on right now and a pair of tent and a pair of padded tennis shoes, right. these right. really nice tennis shoes you have. Those guys were walking in these leather, leather things with, yeah, with just basically walking them. on pieces of wood.
2: And you're sleeping in the comfort in at night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. Not in the yeah, tent.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sleeping. Yeah, I'm sleep. Yeah, yeah. I go to stay at my little, my little uh, suite on the battlefield <laughs> right, and I stay at right, right. there. Oh yeah, look at me. Um, Yeah, it puts that stuff into perspective Yeah, about what happened back then and these pieces are reminders of that, you know, and that's why it goes back to what I was saying also about you know, yeah, I know a lot of people would probably, I'm sorry to say it, young younger people, and not even younger people could look at things like this and be like, no, oh, whatever, they're old, it's old stuff, whatever yeah, old but stuff, but yeah, yeah well, okay, let me tell you a story. This is what this signifies. Right, right. This is what this was. It's bigger than just being a piece of metal. Right. It has meaning behind it. It has something, you know, and. That should be respected, in my opinion.
2: And I've gone to high schools. That's one of my favorite things. I'm an ex-high school teacher. I taught American history, if you can't tell. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine that. That's why I'm so excited about it. History nerd. And I went to my granddaughter's (laughs) class, and we did a thing on the assassination of Lincoln. And you'll get a kick out of this being a technical person. Mm -hmm. I brought in my old slide projector from the 1960s. With slides in it that I had for how the whole, long ago was this? This this well the the slide projector was in the 60s. No, i mean I'm saying oh, this, this was group. about four or five years. ago. Oh my god! Yeah, and and it's funny because the teacher was laughing and he told the kids he says this is the grandfather of the iPod or iPad whatever. Yeah, was, right. you know, <laughs> and uh, the kids were just shocked and you know of course for me I loved it because I knew how to work it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so we we do that but we go to groups. A lot of, uh, hell, that piece of equipment right
0: there is a, I mean, a relic. I, I don't mean, I'm not,
2: yeah, it's a relic Oh, itself. it is, it and is. And I say that respectfully. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried when the day the bulb goes. Right. I, yeah, the I'm bulbs screwed. are hard to find sometimes. <laughs> yeah. They're really expensive too. Not probably. I, 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 I've had, I, believe it or not, I've had this conversation before about those old slide projectors. <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing they're like, oh, the bulbs are hard to find and they're really expensive, of course, because it's, it's no like domain. the
2: real, the real projector, uh, tape recorder, tape. recorder that yeah. I threw out, mm-hmm. which was gummy. And I guess could be fixed. And I bought it at Sears back in the sixties. I used to work for Sears at the time and, uh, Tim was recording something and he says, "Oh, it's not working. And he gave it back to me, but he didn't tell me, Oh, by the way, let's get it fixed. Right. Yeah. So I put it out by the curb. It was gone (laughs) instantly. And I've regretted it ever since.
0: Well, there's a thing about, you know, old equipment like that too. I mean, and it's just what you just said. I mean, Old equipment, like I mentioned, my grandmother's vacuum cleaner. Sure, right? that thing's you still, still working. It. Yes, I mean, amazing. And it's, it's a beast. It's it. It'll tear up the the paint off this floor. Still, it's insane. <laughs> right. uh And I use it down here. I when I vacuum up this little space here, this little carpet, I I vacuum it up. It's it works perfectly. Sure. Um, I fixed I have another one of the, I I have a weird thing with vacuum cleaners I guess. Uh, and I have another one. Well the other one I have it's hilarious. It's a it's a Eureka also. Mm-hmm. And it was my it was it was a wedding present for my parents when they got married. Uh-huh. And somehow it was one of the things I got when I moved out. They're like, "Well, you're going to need a vacuum cleaner." Sure, so they gave me this, this old, old vacuum. One. And I used it and used it and one day it se- it seized up. It stopped working. And I'm like, "Well, that's weird." I'm like, and I just took it apart, and I'm like, oh well, there's a screw. So I picked up a screw from the carpeting. I was working on something, a little right. baby screw, and I picked it up, and it jammed up the little flywheel that's in there. That's this, you know, from the motor, right? The cooling fin or whatever. I don't know. There's I don't know the technical names for it, but it jammed it up. So I pulled it out of there, and I cleaned it all up real good. And I'm like, oh, you know, there's a light bulb in there too that doesn't work. Well, I'm gonna replace that. Oh, that's a, just a common little light bulb. I plugged it in there. And I put it back together, and boom! Fired right right back. I'm like, dude, right? And I thought it was dead, and it is not. Well, that's a sense of accomplishment too. When you're an idiot like I am, I'm like, dude, I fixed something. (laughs) Yeah, I did something. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I ended up having the thing refurbished. I still use it. Beautiful. I know. Fantastic piece of equipment. Yep. So old stuff like that. I tell people, like you know, if you have something, Amber yells at me about that all the time. She's like, (laughs) get rid of that old thing. I'm like, it works great.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm not getting
0: rid of it. It still works. It can be repaired. Thankfully, right. there's still
3: everything's throwaway. Well, you know that... your DVD player breaks everything. You're
0: to fix it. Everything no. throw it away. Uh, there's a movement though, going from that because yeah, like you mentioned, like you know the, the the grandfather of the iPod or the iPad or whatever. Right. Okay, so your iPad breaks. You push the button to turn it on. Yeah. There's not really many ways it can really break. besides just not turning on anymore. It just don't take power anymore. It's dead, right? right? Well, yeah, naturally, what is your, into the landfill <laughs> it goes, right? Yep. There's a movement of people, I read an article on this recently, there is a movement of people who are saying, no, this is the company's goal is to get you to throw it away, make it so complicated, that, you know, or make the right. make the appearance that it's so complicated yes. that you just throw it away and buy another one, Right. right? And they're like, no, it's not that bad. And these people are doing mechanical work on these things, obviously, at a microscopic level. Sure. Um, And they're teaching people how to fix components, very, very small components now. Because it's all micro-level components now. And they're teaching people how to actually fix this equipment (laughs) and bring it back to life and use it, right? Right. Um, however, when it comes to technology, it isn't always on the hardware level. It's the software level too. They make it impossible. And I could just bitch about that all night long, but, but there are things like, you know, that old equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, I see something like that. I'm like, dude, don't get rid of that. Yeah. That's like totally off. Don't throw that out. I know it's old and it's got funky colors and you don't like the way it looks, but that right there works really good. It'll, it'll just keep working. It won't die. Well, it's
3: just amazing. Like Apple products. Yeah. Broken Apple products are worth tons of money. Yeah. I sell on eBay. My wife and oh, I both have eBay. Yeah, people stores. throw them away. They just, they just toss them mm-hmm. out. I, you know, I've broke stuff and sell it. I mean, you can still get 100 bucks for any broken Apple product. And that's and the, because the parts, they need the screen, they need this, they need, this, the, they need yeah. that.
0: Someone is yeah, fishing it out them. and using it. And, and there's people, like I talked about, that know stuff. how to fix the stuff. Yes. Now, there's a movement out there of people going, no, we're not going to be buying stuff all the time. Right. We can fix this stuff like you can fix your old 74 Mercury. Yep. You could do mm-hmm. the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Why keep spending money? That's probably why there's a bit more money. They're worth a bit more money. That's cool. Yeah, they it. are. I have an eye can... touch that I, my, my dad bought for me for a birthday present like in 2007. Uh-huh. 32 worth, gig eye touch. It's worth money. Is it? Really? Absolutely. I'm still money.
3: using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still that's it. good. I was going to say, I always <laughs> no, keep no. the boxes. I always keep the cords. Yeah, I always yeah, keep, the, you know, I, I have a basement full of... Boxes of electronics. So when I go oh, to dude, resell yeah, you don't my to even stuff, see yeah, the boxes <laughs> you know, I have You pull here. it out, you put it in, you get 10 30 20 percent more for the stuff if you yeah. got the original the box. boxes yeah. and whatnot. So why um, not? Why not? Right? I, I upgrade my stuff. I mean, it's just yeah. you know I, I've i got i on my second iPad or something. I bought the first one when it first came out, then sold it, and then got a, a Pro. But you know, it, it's good. I don't need every single update. Yeah, I still need a
0: keyboard. I, I'm still, as I, my, my I iPad pro has a keyboard, I, but mm. I actually need the annoying clack, clack, clack. That's <laughs> just, right. I have to feel like I'm building something and right. the, the virtual soft keyboards. I just, I'm not that. Yeah. That level no, of I, I, I've
3: never been able to turn it into a computer. Like yeah. I still have to have my laptop.
0: That level to, of just, know. of stuff that it just, I need chaos when it comes to that. I need to, I gotta hear stuff <laughs> beating around. Um, No, I still have that eye touch. I use it. I I mean, it still works. I use that. I mean, I'm just going to keep using it until it stops. (laughs) It's in my car. I plug it in my car and I use it as my. my, It'll work. Yeah, it works just fine. I didn't know they were worth that much money, to be honest with you. Yeah.
3: I mean, you know, again, if you go back to historic, like if you find a original iPod. Yeah. Right? In the box. Mm -hmm. Thousand bucks. Wow. Which means well, the, technic- a relic, the technology though. is so an old antique. that it's right. That it's, it's the first antique. of something. It, it's Probably an like antique. the first iPhone. You know, it'll go down to almost nothing, but then, then it it'll start coming back as you have people that are retro. Right? Yeah, they're collectors.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Is um, that like the Commodore sixty four we bought you many, many, many years yeah, ago? Oh yes. yeah.
0: Those have a market.
3: I'm sure I mean, if, if you
2: found one of those market, I'm
0: sure if you found one of those in a box original though, because there's gotta be a couple floating around there. I mean that's a True relic. Right, 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 oh, my goodness. right. Now, Tim, we were chatting before yeah. the show, too. I want to I want to shift over. Well, we've kind of shifted sure, over to you anyways. Please. But we were chatting before the show for a few minutes, and we were kind of talking about, you know, just collecting and just whatever. I was getting everything warmed up here. And then, then Tom's like, oh, well, Tim is, well, I know you're going to probably just bat this down, but he said that you are the biggest kiss memorabilia collector in michigan how
3: how about the biggest lawyer with the kiss collection in the the world maybe maybe so in the world well but like i said lawyer because i'm a lawyer and and so that's my profession my hobby is kiss and and pop culture collectibles so back in 2014 there was a show called toy hunter which was on the travel channel it was what year uh, was this 2014. Okay. And it was on its second or third season. All right. And that was the end of it, the end of the show. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was like they'd always end the show by going, Do you have a toy that you think you'd like to feature? You know, write us. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I did. And because my wife's like, Oh, man, you, you've got better collections than those people. So, you know, <laughs> send, them a, send them an email hooked up with the producer. It took like months in the in the process. Yeah. And then they like film you know, film your basement, yeah. which, you know, in my, my basement is a full full size house, full finished basement packed full of museum quality collectibles. And so a lot of Star Wars, oh, okay. a lot of KISS, a lot of, you know, um Battlestar Galactica chips, uh, trading cards, just you know things that I liked as a kid. I can show f- you
0: my Transformer collection
3: on the other side of the wall here. Yeah, we'll I'm up. I'm uh, I'm I'm 40. I'll be 49 on Halloween. Okay, so I'm Halloween. Generation X. Yeah, and, well, I'm and, 44. So okay, yeah, right. right, but we're, we're, we're in the same, in the same right, yeah, same right, right, not yeah. too far apart. Yeah, and so I just love the the childhood stuff. And yeah, so find it, collect it. Did I have it? Did, did I not? When I was a kid, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so we got into Kiss. Actually, it was funny because there's a when Kiss... I ask you
0: like how how did they come to Kiss? <laughs> so yeah. so
3: there's a Kiss podcast. There's tons of Kiss podcasts, but there's one Kiss My Collectibles, uh, yeah. which it, and it did focus on collectors. And yeah. so they bring you on the show, and then they go, "How'd you get into Kiss? Well, of course, there's people that are in their 60s who are like, "Well, I you know I saw them in '74. Yeah. I saw yeah. him at the Michigan Palace. I yeah. saw him at Cobo. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not me. I go, that's not me. I I didn't care about Kiss as a kid. I was more into metal, you know, more into the maiden and punk rock and stuff like that when I was in high school. But then in 92, I uh, actually the first thing that I found that was Kiss related was the Melvins the band out of Seattle. Oh, was, yeah. They okay. just played. They just Yes, I know. I've, I've missed them. <laughs> yeah. Most times they've come around. But anyway, they're obsessed with Kiss. Oh, yeah. They did. Well, it's, they did. They did, they they did solo covers. records. Yep. yep. They, so, yes, it was the solo Melvin's records yep. that I bought as in 1992. And I go, this is funny. This is cool. And I like, you know, that kind of music. And then I just started finding Kiss records in thrift stores and record stores like Destroyer. Love Gun, the yeah. great cover, the you know, the iconic yeah, fantastic. artwork yeah. covers. Jurassic Kill was one
0: of my, 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 that was the one that made me scared of him when I was a
3: kid. Yeah. The yeah. back yeah. of that And album. it could be a little yeah. scary. Yeah. Hotter yeah. Than Hell is scary, yeah. you know, yeah. the blood, the fire, all yeah. that. So I started it more like the joke and then just started collecting some of the albums. Mm-hmm. And then I found some posters and then I, there was a, a Iron On store in Windsor that was going out of business and they're like, you know, hey, do you want this stack of 1982 Creatures of the Night posters? Thank you. And, I, and he's like, you have to take them all, and they're a dollar a piece. And Thank you. That was about 74 cents Canadian mm-hmm. per poster. And it was a stack. Like, I mean, we're talking a stack. It's all I right. Mean, they're great. So I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, we've got these old iron ons. And so I just started collecting KISS. And so I say to people, you start as a collector and you end up a dealer. And the, the reason why is you get more and more and more. Yeah. And then you go, wait, how many of X do I need? How many Kiss go dolls do I need? All of them. Well, you know, you get a set in the box, you get a set loose. And then what do you do with the next set? Yeah. Well, you end up trading it or selling it. And so I become a Kiss dealer by default because I've collected enough yeah. stuff that the extras you know, and you go to a record store and there's a Kiss record. And if it's cheap enough, I buy it. I mean, I have a yeah. Kiss record collection that's about. Half of your table, okay, of of different meanings, so like a foreign pressing, yeah, of you know a a U.S. pressing, a promo pressing. Yeah. You're a record you'd be su- guy, yeah. So you'd be surprised.
0: Yeah. Oh god, I know it's it can grow and grow and
3: grow. And I can't get into you know some records are a thousand dollars, and I'm oh, like, dude, I don't, I don't, you know, no, you I'm million. not, I'm not into into that. I'm not. Most of my Kiss collectibles is not super yeah. high end. Yeah. I have a pinball
0: machine. That was... Which, now, there was a couple of them, I think, wasn't there? There was...
3: Well, there were two back in the day, both Bali. One was German... One was U.S. Okay. German has the normal S's yeah. instead of the lightning bolt the S's lightning bolts, yeah. because of the SS and mm, World War Two and yeah. all that. <laughs> Imagine that. Because yeah. well, all, all the KISS albums in Germany are, also have altered oh, logos. Well,
0: yeah. And that's, you know, not to cut you off, but I mentioned that when we were chatting before the show. That yeah. I read that article about the guy who has oh, that. right. The biggest. He has the collection literally of every everything. KISS record. All of the different pressings from all over the world. Right. Different languages, you name it, yep. right? And they're um, still finding them, and they're still country, you know, like
3: yeah. Greece and Italy and Israel. Well, yeah, and, all the bootlegs. And, mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Korean they're, Korean yeah. bootlegs are just ugly as sin, but they're <laughs> yeah. cool. They're like monochrome blue or green, <sighs> and, and they're like handwritten. Like they write like featuring mm-hmm. like Detroit Rock City, where someone literally hand- hand-wrote wrote it, it yeah. and then copied it and made the albums in mm-hmm. korea
1: mm-hmm.
3: korean bootlegs i love them i don't have any kiss ones but i've got you know other bands yeah, yeah. that i found and i just like it they're so cheap they're so it's like it's like eight track tapes that you would buy at truck stops oh god you know like that kind of insanity so you know i i have a good kiss eight track collection a lot of albums cassettes yeah reel to reels there's there's only a few But I've got a couple of them, you know, they're hard to find. And the prices are just climbing and climbing, you know, for a dead format, like reel to reel, because you could only get them in record clubs. Yeah.
0: Now, you know, one thing I do want to say about that, you said you became you started as a collector and you became a dealer. Right. Uh, I have a different viewpoint on that. I, I believe, at least for me. I'll just say, I started as a collector and I become a hoarder. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, and that could be too. Because I, I don't people... want to sell any of my cool stuff. Mm, right. I, I, I want to, you know, and and, believe, and as far as records are concerned, like my thing, I'll, I'll openly admit I have like five copies of the same album. Right, right. And, and there are, and this is what we were getting into with yeah, like the record thing. Differences. Dude, I am that guy that's sitting there in the evening in my office. Pulling the record out, looking on the looking at the runoffs, going okay, I have to find the one that says you know zero one two four five seven C A P blah blah blah, and because that's <laughs> you'd have different pressings of the same album. Sure, yes. Larger album pressings, you know, you know, you'd have like Black Sabbath or something like that. They'd have like four or five different pressings sure. of one album because they sure. sell it out, right? So oh, this is our second edition. Oh, here's the third edition, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and they would be pressed maybe at a different plants, so they have different runoff. Numbers on them and stuff like that. Yes. So that's, it's like, that's a total,
3: I mean, in the KISS world, yeah.
0: there's podcasts dedicated where everyone will be like, that's is it a
3: 74? Is that, a, is that an 82, 83 polygram pressing? There you go. Oh, yeah, those <laughs> are really rare. Those are the rarest ones. The ones with the barcodes are, you know, everyone threw them away because yeah. they were crap. Mm-hmm. Because you just wanted first pressings, like yeah. in a comic, you know, well, I you keep, only wanted like, first pressings. Yeah. But with KISS... For example, the rarest ones are the ones that only listed. You know, made them for six months, and it was just transitional between Casablanca Records and and Polygram Records, Mm -hmm. and that's the most valuable because it's a smaller lot, exactly. And that's it's harder to find.
0: Well, I've always said that you know, I I, you can go to any record store owner, yep, um, anywhere in this state, in this country, go in there and ask them like, you know, what's the most valuable stuff you have here, and they'll always say punk, metal, hardcore. Punk, metal, and hardcore. Rock, you know, heavy right. rock. And Kiss yeah. is in that ha- hard, yeah. Kiss is in the metal category. Sure. Let's just sure. be honest. Um, they say they're a rock and roll band. Whatever. <laughs> we can go into that whole thing. But yep. punk, metal, hardcore. Okay. Those things. Uh, and because, and the reason is, is a lot of, especially like with metal and punk, well, and right. hardcore too. Yeah. The majority of that stuff was made in smaller lots. Yes. You know, you have a lot of bands. Treated that, crummy. Well, they. Oh, yeah. You know, you have a lot of bands. around garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot. Of, and then there's a lot that's clean though too. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts getting really pricey. Oh, yeah. So you have absolutely. a lot of bands like old, like old record labels like Metal Blade and stuff like that from back in the day. Uh, you know, re, uh, Combat Records, like these metal labels, like yes. at least the stuff that I'm into. Uh, they only would do like a pressing of like maybe a thousand, two thousand copies. And that's all you have globally. Right. So yeah, twenty fast forward 20 years later, I bought this stuff when I was a kid for like eight or nine bucks. Right. And I see now that it's like, oh, that record fetches for like $150 now. Like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I paid $8 for it. Yeah. Hey, look for me. I'm awesome. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> but it's that thing, like I said, though, it's the it's the lot size. Yep. And, you know, it's like some people, like well, this whole record thing cracks me up because, yeah, as soon as the record thing hit, that was like almost 10 years ago now, the records got big again. Yes, which I was like. Okay, yeah, they've so now outsold
3: cool. CDs. They this were always year cool with
0: me, but the, okay, right, yeah. but
3: everyone else didn't care. Yeah,
0: I mean, I like CDs too, but I mean, records were awesome because yeah. that's like that's the real thing, and yeah, it was like, okay, my brain stopped. That happens <laughs> occasionally. No, I think it's funny because yeah, I mean, this whole thing kicked in, and. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had stuff like that already. So people are buying stuff like that now that reissue stuff is insane. That's the thing that cracks me up is that they're reissuing everything now. Yes, at over light, and over and over again. Lightning rates. Right. Lightning rates of stuff is just, they can't push it out fast enough. You know, on a more technical level, a friend of mine, we were talking last week and there's like, in the 90s, there was no records being really pressed. Right. But pressing nothing. plants, like Almost vinyl nothing. plants were like totally wiped out. It was all CDs. There was a handful of, of pressings that were done in the 90s. And those are very, like... Right. My friend limited. has a copy of a, a Soundgarden record yeah, that, that was pressed in, like, 92. And it was a very limited pressing they did. They wanted to do a pressing like that because they right. were purists. Right. And uh, it's, like, really valuable. Um, well, So a lot of stuff in the 90s was just recorded digitally for CD. Yes. Simple. Bang it out, put it on CD, push it out there to people. And now what people are trying to do is they're trying to remaster all this stuff Uh, analog, doing a vital, which is a totally different, when you want to get, we're getting super nerdy here, I apologize, I (laughs) am at least. Um, When you're trying to master, you know, a digital frequency, and trying to like, it into analog. An analog does not and i've got i bought a couple things from the 90s that i could only get on cd that i love but they did a vinyl run i'm like well it's like 10 bucks it's cheap i'll buy that and i listen to them i'm like this sounds like shit <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it sounds terrible <laughs> because it just you can't you can go, go backwards you can go you know analog to digital right but not backwards you can't go backwards man just yeah. in my opinion at least no not my ears well, it's feel. like the
3: the downloads and the mp3s and stuff it's yeah. like no yeah. No, you want to li- that's why I always go real to real. It well recorded, not the stuff you could buy, but if you recorded real to real, that's about the purest. You know, you people could argue what's the best. Se- you know, it's not cassette, it's yeah. not 8 track. Vinyl or reel-to-reel? Yeah. You know, audiophile, you know, a MoFi pressings of Steely Dan's Asia. That's hardcore.
0: Like, yeah, hey, I have that, and yeah. it's like,
3: that yeah, right. is awesome. You turn what? that up, and...
0: Well, yeah, and the sky is the limit for the sound, too. Yes. I mean, you're you, you limited when you get certain formats. It's mastered right. at certain, right, right, at certain right, right, decibel then... levels. So, yeah, but when you have an... Ori- that's basically an original... That's it's Close to the it's sound, as close as, it's as you gonna can get, get, yeah, right? it's like as close as you're gonna yeah, get, yeah,
3: like a concert, a live recording, whatever, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're what is it? Third Man Records does direct to acetate recordings in their studio. I just stuff. bought, god, but this is we're gonna do you guys are so screwed, <laughs> we're gonna be here all night. We now. love it, we love
0: it, you know, Sleep, the band, yes. Sleep. I'm a big yes. fan of those guys, they just did that. Uh, spe- I joined the Third Man Club I'm i I'm just, I'm just in to that, get my grubby little hands on yep. this box set cuz it's that four record set of Sleep doing their doing a set in at the Third Man in Nashville right uh where they did that direct to acetate recording process right there in the lab, right there. It's yep. off the side. I know. And those guys it's jammed. Incredible. Yeah. And they record it straight right off the board, right onto the record. So right. it's amazing. Right, right.
3: And that's it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's about as good as it gets.
0: And that thing just rips your face off too. I, I listened to it one time. I had to wait for it to come and I broke it out and I didn't even want to open it, to be honest with you, but I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta right. see all the toys that are in this thing. Right. Right. It's got a patch and a poster and a, yep. oh, a book and all kinds of neat stuff. And I slapped it on there and it's like, dude, this thing rumbles. It just, it's like thunder. It's yes. so loud. Right.
3: It's like being there live. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which it's is beautiful. hard to re- reproduce on a record. I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah, it, it is. I mean. Best equipment in the world still is not the same as live.
0: No, I like, I like the, I, you know, even with what's happened in the last 10 years, I've always liked, I think what people, with the record thing, I've always been kind of like, okay, why, there's a, there was, well, that maybe when I was thinking about it earlier when my brain derailed, but uh I thought about this. I'm like, why all of a sudden are people buying records again, like as a primary format, which are not cheap? No. They're really expensive. Right. You're now. kind of 25 and up. And I'm thinking, okay. If not way up. Well, and there's all the reissue stuff I said too. And I've thought about this whole idea. And it's like, well, I think a lot of people that are buying records now are people in our age, like in our age bracket. We right. have money. Right. We have, you know, we have more time now. We're kind of getting, you know, we, we're we at that point in our life where we're making, you know, the most money they say you'll ever yeah. make in your life. Right. right. And um, you have that excess income to play around with. So now you're out goofing around and you're like, oh, look, a record store and eat. You know, and you go in there and you're like, oh, man, look at that. They got a repress of that sticks album that I just. Right. I loved to. it. So
3: I'm buying it's it. It's like
0: $55, but I don't care. I have the money. I'm going to buy it. Right. So that's that. That's the primary market, I think. Oh and yeah. And there's you know, that's that's great. That's super cool. I'm glad to see it. Right. The other thing too, one of the reasons I think it was started, it was really coming it was coming from the punk rock movement. Because the punk rocker people were like, and this is I talked to people, I'm like, What the hell are they doing seven inches again? People are putting out seven inches in stuff right. all the time. This right, is right, right. That's the that's a bulky format. So, yeah, what the hell's going on here? So and they're like, Well, the idea is um we just don't we we think the digital thing is just too accessible. And we want people to work for it like they used to back in the old days. Right. And go you know what I'm it. talking about. We go out, I mean, being a yep. metal nerd like me, and it sounds like you too, um, a lot of that stuff that I, you know, all I was just digging, digging all the time, trying to find something new to listen to. And a lot of times, I've said it before here a million times, I go to the record store and I'd be like, well, uh, this album looks pretty cool. Right, it's pretty brutal looking. It looks pretty mean. There's a guy on there with a hammer beating on something. Um, that looks pretty awesome. I'll probably like that. And 99.9 percent of the time, I did. I was right. lucky. So, but that's how you had to do it. You had to go out there and just kind of figure it out. Maybe right. you had a metal magazine or a magazine you could read. Yep, and go, that's about it. They say it's pretty good. I'm going to go buy it. But you didn't have Bandcamp. No, or or internet an, or anything to just you know listen maybe, to a whole album. Maybe MTV. It's amazing to me. Like, uh, an album comes out now, and it, like I have a Spotify account. Right. Why not? It's cool. Uh, it, it amazes me that it's like, okay, for paying this subscription fee a month, I can go on here, and when an album comes out from a you band I like, I can just listen to it. Right there. I don't have to go out and buy it. I don't even have to buy it. I just listen to it here, and it's here. For better or for worse, right. I don't know. I I enjoy the technology. But going back to that, I think... The real reason is that, yeah, it's nice to kind of just have to work for it a little bit. Like, I heard a comedian say that one time. Me and my friend were at a comedy show, and the guy's like, all you kids now, he's like, you got your iPods and stuff like that. He's like, we, we'd be drunk at a party back in the day. You'd have to flip that record. <laughs> you just didn't let the thing just keep right, playing and then, an then go to shuffle, shuffle after that. He's like, songs. he's like, we're sitting there, we're stoned out of our minds. We somebody would actually have to get up and move over there and flip the record over. You know how hard that is for you guys <laughs> now? It's true. It's right. something you got to do a little bit of work for to enjoy it, right? Sorry, I, I, I but di- I know. Di- I, I, I totally agree. I love it. I love
3: records. The old pressings, new press. You know, it's like the colored vinyl. Final, splatter vinyl you know it's all fun it's fun to look at and it's like you know what i tend to do and 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 people you know in in fan groups and stuff will get mad but but my theory is this like if i know something's going to sell out yeah and i buy five of them mm-hmm. okay i get mine for free because i'm using the profits from my sales yeah to give me the free record mm-hmm. and that's just my hobby is yeah. is is music and flipping Various things. So Kiss album comes out on colored vinyl. I know it's going to sell out. There's Mm -hmm. 2,000 copies. I buy five. Yeah. Put them on eBay, sell them for 60 bucks, Mm -hmm. pay 25, Mm -hmm. make enough money so that my copy that is on the shelf was free. Yeah. It's like I'm like a record producer and that's how (laughs) I, you know, and so people are like, oh no, you're taking it away from the real fan. I'm like, wait, the real fans, if they have the money and they didn't get it and they missed and they slept through it or they forgot... And they go and buy it on eBay. That's their choice. No one's forcing them yeah. to buy it on eBay. And they're going to pay a lot
0: more for record it. Record store
3: day, same thing. My wife and I go to record store day. Yeah. We find stuff. We keep some stuff. We mm. sell some stuff. Yeah. It's in and out the same day. Yeah. And people get mad. But like, I'm sorry, but that's the system. Yeah. You don't have to buy it from me on eBay. But yeah. someone will. Yeah, And, you know, so it's like. People get upset about that and fan. Oh, people, the I'm flipping like, thing people don't like.
0: They don't. No. They don't. But I'm like indifferent. I said, I'm like, whatever, do what you want. If you get it, you get it. it. Right. And
3: have I bought some things at a higher price when I missed out? Yes, I
0: have oh, totally, but I don't have to. It's the whole point. No one has to. You don't have we've to all, have. A we've record. all eaten the dirt on something sooner, sooner or later. I know <laughs> right, I have a couple right, times. Right. Like, well, I really want this, and I'm not going to find it anywhere else. I better just deal with this and just eat the price. Exactly. right now. Exactly. I cool. want this. It's hard to find. Yeah,
3: I'll yeah. pay a premium for it. Yeah, great. And you know what? I'm making money on all this other stuff. You know, the dead people love, you know, Record Store Day, Grateful Dead. Yeah. Goes for big bucks. It's older people with money. Yeah. That don't, you know what? I get up at six in the morning and go stand in line and buy it. And like my wife goes, we're providing you a service. You could take it or you could leave it. Yeah, you don't. You could get up and, and get in line too. Yeah, right? you don't, don't have done to. It. I've done it. Oh, you know, Painful. I've I've spent a thousand dollars the last couple of
0: years each record. I never store thought day. We'd, we, yeah, yeah. And I, I, but I never thought we'd get to a point with records. I mean, I've been to a couple of record store days. I'm like, well, you know, look if you if there's one there, I'll grab it. I'm not. There's not it depends, really. Yeah, I looked through list been a and go of Things in, that I you know? was like, I have to have right, that. Right, you know, right. um, There's been a couple of picture discs that I thought were kind yep. of interesting. Whatever. Yep. Uh, but there's nothing that, I, that has ha, that has hit yet out of all the stuff they've done where I was like, I am going to get in line, and I'm going to choke somebody out to get that thing. Right. Someone's going to die if I don't get that right, record. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and I, but I've seen I the last couple – my buddy owns a record store not too far from here in Warren. Okay. Right down the road a bit. Uh, he's got a little shop over there. And um, he does the, the record store day thing. And I came there last year just to hang out. Right. I it's came fun. there to drink free coffee and goof around. And so I would – you know, my buddy John's like I didn't. Uh, he was working, so I'm like I didn't want to bother him, and he's like he's like I didn't know you were here. If you were here, I just would have told you to walk in. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I was in line actually having fun with people, right? Like, we That's all, what we end up talking. We to people were all just hanging, hanging out, out and stuff like that, and you know, hey, what you here for? Oh, I want to get that Steve Perry thing. I don't, whatever. I right. you know, it's just uh, there was so much stuff there, and I had a lot of fun just kind of hanging out. However. There was just some people on that line. I was watching them because their eyes were focused like lasers on that front door. Right. And they're like, they were waiting for that door to open. I mean, and it's when that door opened, it was like they were in there. And that's what I was mentioning right. it was like, I've seen some people like just go nuts. There has been some, I've seen some tensions. Yes. Right. And I'm like, like, dude.
1: Walmart
3: Black Friday. Yeah. Right? The same exact <laughs> idea.
0: I'm like, this is a word. Records. Right. <laughs> But music people are nuts. Yeah, the one side of my brain loves that. I'm like, okay, these people are that... Well, they're either passionate one way or the other way, but they're passionate about something. Yes. Um, That... Or Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy to see people are really passionate. Exactly. And it's fun and it's
3: gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I've been to it. We were in New York one time on Record Store Day. My daughter and I went from record store to record store to try to find some stuff and it was cool. Um, You know, I went to it in Ann Arbor, which was like a little tiny record store and there was a line and they only had like two boxes of records for Mm -hmm. Record Store Day. Mm -hmm. Well, then I found Dearborn Music. Oh, I like like Dearborn Music. forget Forget it. Imagine. they've got everything and they've got multiple copies of it and they give away posters they got and tons of stuff it's there. all discounted too yeah. you know i mean it's like it's great i went there know?
0: i went yeah, dear warren music is. you guys are from the livonia area yeah so it's right. 20 uh, minutes no, it's not us. too far from you guys we went down there a couple years ago me and my buddy just decided to go out and just kind of like play the funny hilarious like christmas eve game and just See how much hell's being raised all over town. So we just went and bopped to a handful of stores, right? Uh, you know, after they opened because we didn't really have anything we wanted to buy, uh, and we ended up at uh, Dearborn Music, and they actually had some stuff I wanted to get there. It wasn't part of the right. right it was right. stuff, uh, and they had them for like cheap. I'm like, dude. Yeah, they're fair yeah. there. They're they're, they're they're fair. I mean, some of the stuff stuff's yeah, pricey, no, right? Right. Uh, but I mean, this is one of the ones where I mean, oh, dude, I'm not gonna get there. I'm gonna grab that thing right now. Right. And so, right. I mean, you can find stuff on those days. It's really interesting to see what it's become. Right.
3: It's becoming yeah, tribute, a fun thing for people like our age. I mean, I yeah. don't know if the kids are into it as much. Um, you know, like maybe, maybe, you know, how retro always comes back 20 years later. The
0: the majority I see are people like middle-aged. I know, right. It's middle-aged dudes. I mean, of course, you'll have the younger folks. There may be something that, they, yeah, there's always newer music, stuff that they want to get right. you know I mean it, it's
3: everybody does it I mean every act I mean whether it be you know 60s Beatles stuff Grateful yeah. Dead Pink Floyd stuff or Taylor Swift stuff or whatever
0: I mean it, there's something for everyone yeah you know it's super cool I'm sorry we, we were supposed to be talking about Kiss and we just totally <laughs> just went off into records like but uh, so anyway
3: Kiss yeah. see so yeah, I become a Kiss dealer <laughs> uh, I go to the first Kiss Expo that I dealt with in Detroit and I ended yeah. up meeting the guy right next to me was like hey you know i'm gonna go to the bathroom can you watch my stuff and i'm like ah sure and it was so it was my wife and i and him we, we weren't married yet um but we were dating yeah, And yeah, he's yeah. a science teacher from, uh, uh, he lives in Brighton, but he teaches at Novi High School and I was lawyer. So I'm yeah. like, you got lawyer and, and science teacher both hawk and kiss stuff at the <laughs> kiss expo. But he's a nerd like me too. You know, you get into the minuscule details yeah. of like trading cards or kiss army kits or whatever the case may be. So it was cool when they did them in Detroit because it was easy. Yeah. But then they stopped doing them in Detroit. So then it was like, if you want to go to an expo, you got to travel. Jersey. So that's when my my parents are retired, oh, and so they've got the minivan. <laughs> they've got the minivan, and I've got the seven to ten bins of Kiss stuff. Right. And, and I up. will bring high end stuff. Oh. This is my new thing: is to bring you a couple of high the high, end stuff. high end pieces. And well, that makes fact, you
0: talk at the conference when you do that. You got everybody. <laughs> no, that, that's yeah. That brings everybody to your table.
3: Oh, right. And and thing. and I put a what I call I put the crazy price, yes. which yeah. is like the price that, So I'm taking it out of my collection, putting it up. On display, get people over, get people talking. Yeah. And then, and I've ended up selling a couple of really big pieces, in, even to people that aren't there. So, like one of my customers is John Five.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Yeah.
3: So he's a big Kiss fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, he's a guitar player for Marilyn, Marilyn Manson and yeah. um, uh, Rob Zombie.
0: Does he play for, Oh, yep. Okay.
3: He has. I mean, whether he yeah. currently is or not. But he's a humongous Kiss fan. So we're at the Atlanta Expo, and I had uh, – so Kiss Radio was a little tiny AM radio that came out in 78. Yeah. And it came in a little box, and it just had a little sticker wrapped around it. And you'd buy it through uh, mail order. Yeah. Well – they would also be sold in stores. And so 24 of the radios would be in a display box. And so the display box is really cool. It's got the Kiss logo. It's got the picture. And, you know, it just says Radio Kiss, and it had the picture. So it's like, <laughs> I found that in my collection. I think I bought it off eBay, and I had it for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Well, I brought it there, and I put $750 oh, this on is, This it. is
2: just an empty box
3: now. Just the empty no display in box. In not a single radio, not a single... The box. Just the display box. Box. You know, that carried 24 radios. So he has spotters at expo. So this guy came up to me and he goes, Do you know John Five? And I go, Yeah, you know, I've heard of him. And he goes, He wants that. And he goes, You know, can can he, can I PayPal you the money? I'm like sure. So it's like, dear, okay, what you do? Put dang, that money in my it's, account. It's, it's in my account. It's in my account. So I handed. I took took pictures of it so they could yeah. show people their friends. Like, look at this empty piece of cardboard. went for 750 yeah. bucks. So he was my it was my first buy. Then he yeah. ended up texting me and then you know calling me. Cool. Spend, you know he's from Royal Oak. Yeah, I've heard that he's he's a local local guy, guy. but now he lives in California. So I've sold him a couple different things, including one thing he wanted so bad. And I said it, I go, it's one of my favorite pieces. I go, it's not for sale, but he did not take no as an answer. (laughs) Six months later, he calls me up. He goes, I gotta have it. What it is, is a unmasked is that, you know, a 1980 album with the cartoon of Mm -hmm. kiss on it. It was a promo cube. So it's 12 by 12, you fold it together and you make it into a cube and you'd hang it from the ceiling of the record yeah. store. I think I paid 150 for it mm-hmm. and it was unused mint, but I kept it forever. I actually built it because yeah. I wanted to see it. So I ripped the plastic, opened it up, built it. Yeah. And he, and I, he's like, take shots of your basement. I want to see your stuff. And he goes, I want that one. I'm like, no, He goes, he goes, I know I'm overpaying. He goes, but I'll give you $1,000 for it. And Done, I, and I go, I go. My wife and daughter would kill me if I did not say yes to this. I go, I'll ship it for free, and I did. I put it in a b- yeah, big. I, would... I, I half half broke it down and then put it in a really big box. Yeah, and and he Pat said when he got back. it, the box was crushed, but it was. I had it in enough. Padding and stuff that it didn't affect the oh, piece, yeah. but the box was actually smushed in when he got oh, it.
1: Well, but good.
3: it was fine, and so now he'll post I'm his stuff on Instagram, and I go, "Up oh, there's my box, yeah. Up oh, there's my radio case," and so he's awesome. he's bought a, a few that's handful awesome. of high end. Stuff You don't from find me. that stuff. You anymore. can't. No. And, and it's, it's like impossible. my last was the PJs. It's a great story. Yeah. Uh, PJs that I had. Again, you bought a JCPenney catalog 1978 or nine. Okay. And they're just, you know, like the classic. Top and about bottom. Yeah, top and a bottom, blue with just a KISS logo, silks, not the logo and the band, cartoon silk screened on it. Yeah, yeah. Very hard to find. Again, I bought a collection from a guy who owned a music shop in Illinois. He was on Facebook in one of our groups saying, hey, I got some KISS stuff. And he had the PJs. And I go, oh, I want those. And he goes, oh, 100 bucks. And I'm like, I'll take them. And then, <laughs> then I go, got anything else? He's like, yeah, a guy came in with his whole 70s collection. Three lunchboxes, color forms, basically every Kiss high-end collectible from the late 70s, record player. I mean, really, yes. And he goes, I'll sell it all to you for... Seven hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, you know, it's done. As it's much sold. as I could. I think I had to money order him the money. This was kind of pre PayPal. Yeah. And so I had owned this stuff for a long time. But the PJs I had in my collection, I took them to the New York New Jersey expo New Jersey. and put them up twelve hundred bucks. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna put a crazy, crazy high price. So some guy kept going, I want them, I want them, I'll give you eight hundred. I'm like, You know, I may sound like a jerk, but no, I'm not selling them for 800. I'll just put them back in my display. Yeah. And so a guy online saw them, and he PayPal'd me the 1200 (laughs) bucks and I mailed him and he got them and he was bragging about the find on Facebook. Look, I got the PJs, 1200 bucks. I'm like, well, I mean, but you know, at some point you just go. That's stupid. I'd rather have the money than that item. Yeah, and and yet I don't sell my collection. Generally, I sell the extra stuff. Yeah, and then I'll go to an expo and
0: I'll buy stuff that I don't no, have. No, that's exactly. Know, what or I, trade.
3: I've <laughs> traded some some yeah. wild things
0: before. I got a too. side I got a side hustle with some stuff. That, I mean stuff from you know that I have just had. Yeah, I just okay. it's not stuff that I'm close to. It's not stuff right. that I'm passionate right. about. Right. Do you care about it's it. stuff that I have that you know has accrued some value? And I've been. You know, just dealing with that for the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, being fair, but you know, getting some pretty good. Right, business. and I found myself just like I'm financing my stuff, my collecting exactly, that. and, and that's that, what that's I do. Country. That's, that's totally my cool kiss thing. hobby. If yeah. it's paid for with my flipping,
3: yeah, and I can go make three grand in cash at an expo. And then you know maybe buy a hundred bucks worth of stuff to yeah. add to my collections, unique stuff. I like unique stuff. Rear, <laughs> you know, I've got the um, well, that's kiss.
0: So they made just yeah everything. So I like if they you can everything.
3: find a one of a kind piece, I I tend to go for. I mean, again, I don't spend tons of money on any individual piece, but like the album Love Gun. Yeah. You know, Ken Kelly cover. Inside of it, you know, you had all these goodies. The gun. And the gun. The gun, Okay, So the the Love Gun was a cardboard gun. Mm -hmm. You you cut it out or you popped it out Mm -hmm. and you glued on the little bang, Mm -hmm. which is a little sticker, you know, a little paper sticker. So you'd go poof and you'd shake the Love Gun. It would say bang. Mm -hmm. I've got (laughs) the artist original drawing for the love gun dude so the actual pistol yeah i have it i and that, that's it hand-drawn yeah. oh just just
0: a, just a just just drawn
3: uh, well the other some other pieces too yeah the the mock-up of the Artist bang concept. and stuff like that i mean it's it's a it's a piece that yeah. goes like three parts but the key is the actual hand-drawn gun
1: <laughs> you know i'm
3: like Ah, that's, you know, like, that's something that, like, again, like, historical, maybe a Civil War bullet. It may be whatever. It's no different. From the Kiss world, this is historical. This is a -a one-of-a-kind piece. They made printed one million of those pop guns because I'm sure it sold a million copies. Yeah. So they made a million of them, but I've got the original deal, the original piece of art. I mean, that's a Van Gogh. That's a Picasso. To the Kiss fan. Yeah, which, which,
0: you know, that's, and it obviously would force of value too uh it wouldn't be cheap uh one of my things that i have um there's a band that i grew up listening to and not not a gazillion percent as popular as kids would ever be right but they were a small band um and i was obsessed with them and it just over many many years i've actually become friends with these guys um this is going back 25 years now and long story short these guys actually did some reissues of their albums. They only did two albums, okay. and they did some reissues of their albums. And Kurt, one of the guys from the band, called me and said, "Hey, man, so we're we're remastering these things. I'm in the studio actually uh, with the original tapes, and we're dumping them all back down. We're putting them all on Pro Tools. We're, gonna, we're going digital with everything." He's like, "So I don't really need these tapes anymore." Oh, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, well, do you want them?" I'm like, "Yeah." Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> I like, Part of my friends, <laughs> absolutely. Right? I jumped up and down like a maniac, and uh, yeah, I, I own them. Those, and, the, and those
2: aren't probably where they, they maybe well, are, I don't know
0: maybe they are I don't know yeah. they're, they're the original two inch reels labeled right. you know all that yes. cool stuff you didn't yes. say
2: the name of the band though
0: the band's name was Holy Terror uh-huh. they were called Holy Terror they were just a small band from California Okay, speed metal band little, you know, right. little thrashy right.
2: thing right. Right. Uh, and um,
0: it's just one of those things that was an obsession I had and I do their website for them now and all these goofy okay. things Okay, uh, but that those tapes like I have a friend in Chicago who's a huge fan of this, this band also and we've always had the fun hilarious debate uh, it's like well, I'm their biggest fan. No, I'm their biggest fan. And I'm like, I have the master the tapes. tapes. <laughs> you don't the albums, and you don't. I win the game. Right? It's my world, and you no. You are my <laughs> underling. Do my bidding, bitch. You're right? You are the second biggest <laughs> fan. I am the
3: first biggest fan. But no,
0: I mean, but and that's it goes back to this idea, though. I mean, a lot of it, you know, oh, yeah. you're talking about these values. It's like a lot of that's what people put on there, though, too, mm. as far as because really, think about that. And this is what we're talking... I mentioned this before, too. Uh, you know, like that that bullet. Yes. Somebody's going to walk by that, uh, and, and this happened. They're like, oh. whatever, it's a piece of lead. Right. Yeah. And somebody could do that with your original drawing. Sure.
2: Sure. Oh, because yeah. This
0: isn't worth any value to me, because they don't understand the history behind it, or like that care, bullet, right? or that picture, or anything. Right. What, what went into that? What a story, right? yeah. But what's the story of that, right? Um it's your world too. That's why it stays with you because you care about it. Mm-hmm. And,
3: and, and so at a Kiss Expo, yeah, right, I could sit on top of a, a, a you know amp and and speak to Kiss people about this stuff. Yeah, and have them like, okay, so we're at the uh, New York Expo and met a friend named Marty yeah. who is yeah. a dealer next to me, oh, and yeah. we've been Another friends on Facebook, story. right? So Marty, nice guy, we're t- we're swapping stories about stuff, and so he's like, he loves Peter, Chris. And I go, you know, um, let me show you some do you want to see something cool? And yeah. he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I go, okay, are you familiar with this um, yep. poster from Cream Magazine? And what it is is Cars and Stars. Mm-hmm. Cream Magazine did rock stars and cars. And yeah. so Peter Chris was in front of this like old like 30s like uh, roadster, and he's wearing this maroon suit with little tiny stars on it. Yeah. And he goes, That because I showed him the picture, he goes, That's my favorite picture of Peter Chris. I used to look at that and stare at it, it was on my wall for my whole youth. And I go, Well, guess what? I go, Peter Chris's wife, Lydia, Mm -hmm. sold off the excess material that made that jacket. You want to see it? (laughs) And he's like crying. Yeah. Did he have tears in he his did. eyes? He had he did. tears in his eyes. Yeah. Cause I showed the him it. And he got to man, touch yeah. it. He got to touch it. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah. And she was there. And he actually so what I did is I had like, you know, a, a yard of the material and a couple pieces were cut up and whatnot. So I gave him like a four by four inch Swatch. piece. Yeah. Just like a you're a cool guy. I like you. You that appreciate this. I'm giving with, it to yeah. him. The guy freaked out. Yeah. He actually went over to her, and I don't know if he had her sign it. And she or confirmed sign a it, picture. it was the right She's, stuff. Because she sa- sells pictures of, yeah. and that's one of the pictures. So I think yeah. she signed a picture, and he's going to frame it. He did frame like, it. We
2: saw a picture of it. The
3: framing of the, the picture cloth. with the cloth. But Bandula. it's like, again, only you know, if somebody like him finds that awesome. But but ninety nine percent of the world is not going to care at all. Well, but that's the, okay. Uh, well, that's what makes it's, it's within st- the world. So at an yeah. expo, you're amongst your people. That's Whether exactly Star where it Trek is. Star right? Trek expos, Ghost Hunter, it's whatever, all, metal yeah. detectors. No, the more the more I the nerdy see this, it gets It's all the same. It is. It's it's, all, a, it's it the, 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 the fandom. Yeah.
0: yeah, the fandom, the passion. I didn't realize. I, I I mentioned this a few times on the show. Before I, I do this yearly pilgrimage out to Baltimore, Maryland, uh, for this thing called the Maryland Death Fest. And it's basically four, well, actually five days now of just death metal. Just the ugliest, most pissed off bands you've ever heard. Right. And, you know, you. As soon as people hear that, they they picture just a bunch of gruff-looking, long-haired people with tattoos, beards, and drunk, and smelling like tobacco, and blah, right, blah, blah. Right. And, well, yeah, that's pretty much the case. But, <laughs> and yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> but they're a bunch of nerds. Right. It's the biggest nerd fest. I, it's worse than, you know, if, okay, if you say like... Maryland Death Fest. And then you say, like, Star Trek convention. It's, you know, right. even the way it comes out of my mouth, and for obvious reasons, that's what people hear. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm going to a Star Trek event, which I go to both. And I embrace them both right. the same way. It's awesome. But um, when you say Star Trek event, you're like, oh, Nerd Fest. Mm-hmm. And you say Maryland Death Fest, you're like, oh, it's a bunch of drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Which, yeah, it is, too. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, that, you know, there's, there's <laughs> right But it's like, I'm like, no, you haven't been. It's, a, right, it's the right, same right. thing as the Star Trek convention. You got right. people there lined up make to make a meet. documentary
3: on yeah. any convention. They're or all fans, the same, man. They're all exactly you the there, same. You go there, you got Comic Cons, yeah, yeah. Movie conventions, Star Trek, Star Wars, Kiss. It don't
0: matter. Metal, Death Metal. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You got people they're... in line waiting for to meet people. Yes. Um, funny story from there. For example, you know this, and you know we're pushing two hours here. I didn't know this was going <laughs> to happen. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, we
2: got nothing else. to uh, Yeah.
0: This past year, we were there, and me and my buddy were, you know, about three days in. Me and my buddy were sitting at one of the bars around the area and just having a beer, chilling out, talking. And these four big guys walk in and sit. They have one of them long tables, those, you know, it's contemporary now. Everybody has to sit at the same table, no right, matter if right, you know each other or not. I don't understand that. But so these big guys, one can we sit here? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no right, problem. Long hair, you know, pretty much you know, just run the real for this weekend. Right. And, um. So we're sitting there and I look over to one guy, I'm like, I know that guy. And I look over the guy, I'm like, are you Johnny Hedlund? Now, you guys aren't going to know who he is, of course, but you will. <laughs> I'm like, are you Johnny Hedlund from the band Unleashed? He's like, yeah, which is a band I grew up listening to. this band called Unleashed from Sweden. They, they flew him over to play this festival. I'm like,
1: oh, oh, oh,
0: dude. I got all your problems, man, and you know we talked, and he was super cool. Right, and that was just one of those cool chance encounters. Sure, you know, I just got lucky, and I I pulled the uh, whole uh "some heroes don't wear capes" routine also because I'm like I'm like me and my buddy had to go. I'm like well, it was nice to meet you guys. Have a good set tonight. We'll we'll be there to see you play and you know have fun. And so I <laughs> this is where it got really cool because um, I told the way I'm like let me get the table as I. Like, band I love and it'd be an honor to pay their tab for them just to be so be cool and really yeah let me just pay for it and it wasn't that expensive so I picked it up it's cool and I'm like all right and I just left I didn't sit there and go look how cool oh, I am right, I just took right, out. I'm Like I'm gonna be cool and get out of here yeah they're playing later that night and uh they're playing in like broken English mind you but right. I got the gist of, he's like this is for the guy who bought us the round of drinks at the party the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Early in the night I'm like, that's me. I'm oh, that guy. And my buddy Scott, my, his name's Scott, also. He's like, that's him. That's him. And we're yeah. like, <laughs> Nobody cared. <laughs> but, but you it, got it. But it's these really great things. That, that's the cool right. stuff. And right, it's just that right. nerd stuff right there. And yep. you got people that wait in line to meet people. And they're doing the same thing. They're crying. Right. They're, they're so right, excited right, to meet right. people that, you know, that's a part of their life. Hot childhood, especially. Yeah, good, yeah. good childhood memories. And... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> last thing i don't we're we're gonna just melt down the paint's coming off the walls as it is right now um my kiss thing i gotta tell you this because we i've been thinking about this since the the name kiss was brought up so when kiss did their first farewell tour yep 2000 like 300 no i thought it was like this was like 95 or something i thought Mm -mm. no well their official farewell tour was
3: 2000 Okay, was... they're they obviously 19 years into their post-farewell <laughs> tour, <laughs> yes, but I, you know they they changed members in '80 80 and '83, yeah. and and then then they this were, was in '95, so right before
0: they got back together, because yeah. the reunion tour was
3: '96.
0: Okay, so, all right, so. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, this must have been ninety five, ninety six. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. This is hysterical, regardless. Yeah. My buddy was working. This was at this is at Tiger Stadium. They played.
3: Yeah. Yep. Um, it was the it was the opening show of the reunion tour. Was that the
0: reunion tour. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting my stuff mixed up. My buddy was working lighting there, and we were. He was like, he was able to get backstage for a few minutes and hang mm-hmm. around. So he's like, "Come with me, dude." I'm like, "Oh, really?" So I got the little badge and stuff, and I'm yeah. walking around. And I didn't realize how accessible these guys. I mean, not all of them, obviously. Right. So we're sitting there, we walk around a corner, and this happened for real. Walk around the corner and we were in the backstage area. There was tables. There was obviously dressing rooms and stuff like that. Uh, and there was just an open room and Ace Freely just sitting at this chair and this table, just sitting there, just kind of just quietly sitting there. And I'm like, that's fucking ace. <laughs> Look at my friend, I'm like, Mike, that's Ace Freely. He's like, Let's go talk to him. I'm like, I can't talk to that guy. <laughs> that's Ace Freely. Right. He's like, no, dude, let's go say hi to him. I'm like, okay. So we walk up, and I'm like, "He's probably nervous. Um, Maybe he was chill, right? Very relaxed. Okay. Um, I don't know for <laughs> why. <laughs> no, right. There's yeah. lots of stories. Yeah. So uh, we walk up, and I'm, you know, my friend's like, hey, "Hey, hey, Ace," and I'm like, "I'm like, I'm not calling this guy Ace. I'm calling him Mr. Freely. <laughs> so I'm like, Mr. Freely, it's nice to meet you, sir. My name's Scott. I've been, a, my aunt turned me on to you guys when I was like six years old, and I've been a fan ever since then. And he's like." He kind of looks up at both of us. He's like, "Hey, man, you guys gonna drink some beers or something here?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, if you got some." <laughs> He's like, "They're over there, man." I'm like, oh, "A beer." So we, you know, we we talked for a minute. We it was right. There was other people kind of cruising around and. But we had a beer and just kind of sat there and just like, yeah, so how's your thing going? Like, what do you say to this guy? And he's
3: all (laughs) by himself. What do you say?
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm like, why doesn't he have like 50 people around him, like guarding him? Mm. And it it surprises because I've I've had this same thing happen to me with celebrity type people a lot. You'd be surprised how accessible people really are. Yeah. I mean, I know there's certain people that can't be. Mm-hmm. They can't be out in public, but you'd be surprised how many, how accessible people can be at times where, and they're, and really all they want to do is talk to someone like just on, yes, a normal, normal conversation. Stuff. They don't want to be fawned over. And of course. No. That was, and that's, that's, that was right. It's hard to that that was walk not that us. line. <laughs> right. That was not us. Because we're just kind of like, <laughs> oh my God, you're raised really, it's dude. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite, like. Goofy little thing that happened. And we were there for maybe like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then we're like, he's like, well, I got to go do work and you can't be back here by yourself. Right, I'm like I know, I'd get into a whole shitload of trouble back here. Mm-hmm. I'd be beating on jeans dressing room. Come on, right. my man, dude. Yeah, so I got picks. But it was cool. It was just a neat little, neat little thing yeah. that happened right. in time and history with me with Kiss. That's awesome. I'm mean, a such fan such too. A, that's such It'll a huge that. show. That yeah. show. I mean, yeah, it was massive. That it was,
3: was that was my show. first show. Was it? Yes. That was a great got into show. them in '92. Yeah, they didn't play until '96, yeah. and it was yeah. a reunion. It was Tiger Stadium. Yeah. So it was the
0: reunion. Yeah. Okay. That's the reunion. have your ticket stubs? I do. I thought it was like the fair. It was like the reunion thing. I thought it, it was, was reunion,
3: Real. and then they went ninety six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. two thousand. They released was the one farewell. album, and then it was the farewell tour. And they've then been doing Peter that ever left, since. Then Ace left, <laughs> yeah. and then they replaced them, and they've he been knows. going until <laughs> now playing. is the he end knows. of the road tour, which is apparently the end of Kiss. Well, we'll
0: we'll, we'll close on this. I mean, I tell people this a lot because I Kiss. And you know, you mentioned uh, the thing with Kiss, like you kind of it was kind of like more of a funny thing for you when right, you first started, right? Right. And I know a lot of people, excuse me, they were turned on to Kiss on that on that in that mindset, like you yeah, know, they're Kiss, huh? Right. I was funny. lucky. I like I said, my aunt did turn me on to them. She had I have a first you know first first album like first pressing too of the original album, the Kiss the album called Kiss. Yep. And. uh. You know, I I heard that and yeah, the cover, that's just what the face is. So I'm like, you know, and that I mean that. Like Gene Simmons scared the crap out of me when oh, I yeah. was younger. Like when you're six or seven years old mm-hmm. and you see that, it don't look like a human. Yeah. And he right. just had that inhuman tongue yeah. and the blood's coming out. It's just like nothing you've ever seen. Um and um that's just kind of how where I came from with that. And I and the thing I always say about KISS themselves is you know, people want to poke fun and be campy. I'm like, you realize there's people. I'm sitting in front of one right now. Who that's a big part of their life. This is what they do. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna insert this, and in well, a lot of people do. The Juggalos, ICP. I know yep. you know who they are. Yeah, it's the same exact formula. Sure. I tell people like, oh, ICP. I'm like, you know, there's people that have every tattoo on yes. their body yes. has something to do with that band, and there's people that have the same thing with Kiss too. Mm-hmm. They have every tattoo on their body, everything on their jacket, whatever it may be, says Kiss on it, man. So, right. what have you done this week? <laughs> you know, what have you made this week that has had that much of an impact on somebody yep. for them to have conventions after them, right? That'll go on forever. Probably. They'll never stop. Yeah.
3: They won't, the well won't dry. Right, Not- well, they've talked about like, will prices fall on classic no. Kiss collectibles? No. And the people on the podcast say, yes, yes, there's gonna, you know, it's, it's high and it's gonna crash. And I'm like, well, but you know, cause they're like, who's the up and coming fans that are gonna care about 70s Kiss collectibles? Plenty.
2: We see a lot Play. of young kids We do. Yeah, convention. I was going to say,
3: you guys watch people that come oh, yeah. to the convention, and the people watching is fun. It is. And there's the hard rock Old and families heavy metal dress up. dudes. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. you're
0: going to get that really weird cross-section. And you yep. get that with anything, too. It's just like sure. you have all right. that weirdness, dude. So right. Tom, Tim, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we it was great. We hammered two hours here. I'm. I, I hope you probably I could split it up. Yeah, we might. <laughs>
1: Since we might ham- so different. Yeah. I
0: hope I didn't keep you guys here all night. No, I, I, we loved it. This was in this, as I said at the beginning of this thing, this was a chance thing that happened tonight. This was just kind of a fluke in time and space. <laughs> right. And we're all in the same room tonight. And I'm really happy it happened. I wish Amber would have been here. Oh, and that's what I said. What's what I said before? We're going to have you come back. I'd like if you guys oh, would like sure. to join us here again, like sure. soon, like, maybe in yeah, the next month or so. Absolutely. Because I know Amber would love to talk to you again. Sure. Yeah. And we'll get this thing worked out and we'll have Amber sitting in her seat. We'll do this thing. But you guys were, nah, thank you so much. This was really, really, really interesting. Oh, you know, I and you people there's just so much about this, you know, that, you know, especially with, you know, with metal detecting, it's not much different than what people do working in the paranormal as far as just trying to discover things and find right. things. There's a lot of similarities that I see in that. And that's why I was, you know, as we talked, right. That was, I was picking up on all these cool things. Sure. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. It's, it's been, been great. You, Thanks, Thanks for you. having me. really us. appreciate
1: it. Ghostly talk. <laughs> <laughs> david share yeah. yeah. yeah.